Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. My name is Daniel. And this is episode 125, and there will be no comment on the number. Amazing. Aha! I do want to give you a comment right now. What's up? Your glasses are looking really good. Are they? Yeah. It took a little bit of trial and tribulation. I'm Mm -hmm. glad you noticed. So, like, they were falling off my face for a little while there, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't fitted right. Maybe when I get glasses, I get too excited to be able to see. So I just walk right out of there and don't really, like, notice. Like, oh, they're falling to the bridge of my nose right now. So I I go get them reheated because that's apparently what they do to plastic frames and Mm -hmm. whatnot. They reheat the shits. Got them way too tight. Way too fucking tight, Daniel. And ends up with this horrible fucking like bruisey notch on my ear. So I had to go go back and get it refitted. Mm-hmm. Problem is I'm still like basically like these feel better. Mm-hmm. But I'm still putting a frame on top of this fucking like feels like an open wound on my ear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just made me chipper. Made my week real good. I think it was Real a combination good. of elements for you, like not just the glasses and the weird ear sore from yeah. the unfitted glasses, but mm-hmm. also like the dental visits you've had. Oh, this is a <laughs> this is a lifestyle podcast, yeah. right? People are always surprised. They're like, I thought these boys want to talk about like Spyro. I'm like, no, no, I want to talk about how my dentist took a syringe, shot me in the gums three separate times, and made me so numb I thought I had a stroke. <laughs> I want to talk about that. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. It sucked, and I have to do it three more fucking times. It's the fucked up thing where like for you me. don't you don't go to a dentist for like a few months or years and then years for the, me yeah it was years for me too and then they get you in there and then they lock you in for like the next like 18 calendar weeks they're like all right we're gonna get you in this day this day this day we're gonna do fucking two thousand dollars worth of work yeah we'll bill you later yeah yeah we'll bill you later actually this place like we'll bill you right the fuck now they mm. don't they don't there's no uh hook line and sinker mm. they're like give us the money right but there, there's a uh, silver lining in this. A tooth lining. A, oh, yeah. Uh, You're getting uh, Invisalign. I'm going to get Invisalign. Uh, fix my fucking teeth so you can see what a real Kevin smile is. It's funny, like... Not I... that I have anything to smile about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could lead into that pretty hard because there's a lot of dark shit going on in the, the world fuck, right now. The fucking podcast died right in that moment. I watched it. Its heart stopped. <laughs> that was so good this is the best lifestyle podcast uh, you're not listening to it was so good I, so how do you feel about that like listeners save roommates don't worry we'll get to the video game talk you know if you didn't know this was a video game podcast keep it in your pants <laughs> keep your hand at the ready don't worry we'll talk about pokemon come on i know they want to hear us say nft into the microphone again before they can oh you know so, like, how do you feel as an adult going yep. in for, like, such corrective work? Because, like, I, I got all my ortho- orthodontic work done in, like, middle school and high school. And then I wore a retainer for, like, a few years, like, yep. after everything was said and done. And it's funny, like, I when I when I see you smile, because you got, you got a million-dollar smile. You're fucking getting subs with that it smile. It could be a billion-dollar smile, though. That's, a, that's a the thing, right? Smile. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I don't, know, I don't notice, like, you know, that your teeth are, like, malaligned, you know, or crooked at all. You're just used to it. Mm. You're just used to it. Like how people are used to hauntings. <laughs> you know how they get used to doors opening themselves in their home? They just stop noticing after a while. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I can live with this evil spirit. Yeah, dude. You're going to be like, oh, there's something different about you, dude. And yeah. I'll be like, yeah, that's because I have uh, rotating teeth like a shark now. <laughs> I'm going to get that surgery where they just keep on just, ah, like, you know, replacing teeth as I yeah. bite into stuff. Is that in network? I feel like that's a very out of network procedure. Nah, that's out of network for sure. That's out of <laughs> that's out of network. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's interesting. Uh, it's it's uncomfortable because 
it here's some advice for you kids out there. I know there's a lot of kids out there that look up to us as podcasting savants. Um, get your teeth stuff out of the way sooner rather than later because what happens when you get older, your shit starts to calcify, your bones start to harden, mm-hmm. and you get bone disease. Your mouth ain't so loose anymore. So like you can do a lot, you can do anything. You could run a train through your goddamn mouth when you're 22, but yeah. at 32 which I'm on the cusp of. It is the most uncomfortable experience. Mm. But the only thing that gets me through that discomfort is sitting in that chair, looking up at the light and saying, I deserve this pain. I did this to me. <laughs> I did this with my midnight Arizona teas. <laughs> and your <laughs> lack of flossing. cookie craving. Yeah, yeah, I did this to me. That's fair. And so it's time to pay the piper. It's it's a cruel but just fate, you know, much like we, we got from Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems and Bradley right. Cooper and, and Midnight Alley. Like, you, you, oh, Nightmare Alley, sorry. Not Midnight, Midnight Alley. Alley. Yeah. You know, yeah, Nightmare Alley. Much like, uh, yeah. much like Bradley Cooper and Nightmare Alley. It's like we did yeah. this to ourselves. Right. So I guess we deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even get a handy from Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you're getting in there. You're getting some work done. I mean, when I when I got all my stuff done uh, over the summer, and it was like kind of do or die because like I broke a tooth, I had to get a root canal, and at that point, it's like I need to get shit fucking fixed in my mouth. But it was it was good to finally get all the work done and, and kind of get on a little plan and be told every few months that I need to still floss more and maybe get an electric toothbrush. You know? Oh, I still got to get one of those. One of those. I got a charcoal toothbrush. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It tastes weird. Like. Cole. <laughs> yeah, I was with you when you were buying that, and I'm just like, all right, let me know how that one goes. Split decision. I saw it, and I was like, look at that. That's different. Like, this and has I got to be it. good. Yeah, it's probably a lie. It's probably, there's probably nothing different about a fucking. It's just like it's 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 black bristles. Mm-hmm. That's it. What's the brand? Do you remember? Oral B. Oral B. Hmm. Or Orb. Hmm. This, this podcast is brought to you by Orb. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a fake ad read for Oral B right now because we don't have any sponsors? Hey, kids, is your mouth fucked up? (laughs) Get yourself some charcoal bristles up in those little fucking nightmares. (laughs) Those disgusting toothers. What are you putting in there? What the fuck is wrong with you? That doesn't belong in a mouth. Are you just drinking hot dog water? Charcoal belongs in a backyard grill, but instead Oral-B is like, what if we turn that backyard grill into a mouth grill? (laughs) Yeah, I want want to imagine that the Oral-B engineers were at a barbecue and looked at the fucking fucking grill scrubber and thought, why not teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Why not teeth indeed? Wow. I think we should get into some video game podcasting magic here. Yeah, dude, let's let's split into that shit like a package of hot dogs and drink the hot dog no, water right out of this no, podcast. No, buddy. Fred Durst, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> anyway, what's going on? We need to tell the people who we are, mm-hmm. don't we? Well, we are the save room and we always abide by the philosophy that Miyamoto espoused, which is a delayed game is eventually good. But a rush game won't bring back your ex. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud.com, slash The Save Room Show, iTunes, and I think, uh, what's that other one? Google Play, Stitcher. Google Play, Stitcher. It doesn't matter. Just look up The Save Room. But not that Save Room. The other one. The other one. Yeah, you found us. It's, it's funny, too, because like a delayed game also won't make for a good script in the end, as, as we'll talk about with Dying Light 2. Where it's like, oh, you know, you could delay a game and get all the bugs out. But some core things are still going to be rotten. I really just wish I knew who to slap. 
That's really what it comes down to. Well, if you wanted to watch a stream, I've been streaming a shit ton of uh, Dying Light. People have actually been worried because they're like, what the fuck, dude? You sat down for like seven hours streaming Dying Light. I thought that was a normal thing over at twitch.tv slash the red herb where you lock in for hours. You give the viewers what they want, whether it's video games, life advice or updates about, you know, your, your fucked up teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, did you say twitch.tv slash Red Herb? I did. I, I literally went into a different world. I snuck it in there I was real about haunted houses like... again, right? <laughs> <laughs> what about haunted houses? Uh, haunted houses. That's the point of comedy. Didn't you know that? The point of comedy is to guide people through the, the mental haunted house that they're afraid of. To live, live dangerously. Are you... This is a dangerous thing. Are you throwing a Whitney Cummings reference? <laughs> yeah, I am. I can't wow. take... I, I, I fucking log on once today on Twitter, and there's some other fucking awful thing occurring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. It's great I, stuff. I stayed my hand in terms of, like, logging into Twitter today. Because yeah. I was, like, having a kind of Don't morning do out doing my own thing, right? But when I did log into Twitter, I saw some... Great fervor because I guess the review embargo lifted for Sifu, uh, and everybody's talking about it. And it seems like it's it's pretty good, getting really good reviews, getting nines, high eights. That's uh, the virtual appropriation simulator, right? Yes, that's the one right there. Yeah, by the studio that gave you Absolver, which... the all white studio that gave us Absolver. I, I should mention it. Yeah. Fascinating. I hear very good things about this game that yeah. I feel strongly conflicted about. It's it's funny because there's one reviewer in particular who is an Asian American who kind of leaned into some some of the cultural misgivings and mm-hmm. or, or lack of examinations of some of the cultural aspects about it and kind of paid attention to that in their review. And I thought that was pretty good. Did you see the fucking press kit? The press kit that they sent out was, uh, it has a, a, a teapot and random beads and things mm-hmm. that just like remind people of Asian culture. And they sent that out and it's just like, Jesus Lord, that's, that's, uh, does anybody just like think about what they're doing <laughs> like anymore? I'm surprised they didn't include like a kimono in there. Yeah. What, what's, what's, what's going or on? Like here? a disgraced samurai ponytail. Oh, Lord in heaven, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. It's a weird one. It's like I, want, I really want to enjoy the game, but I have like I feel like I have to. I'm, I have to think about this, right? Because I've mm-hmm. seen on the timeline, you know, uh, there's folks out there that are just like, yeah, there's. This is nothing short of racist. Just mm-hmm. want to call that out as we get the nines and tens rolling through the through the grapevine on Games Journal. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird. I feel mm-hmm. weird about it. I don't know where to land because I want to play it, <laughs> right? But it feels fucking weird. <sighs> yeah, it's it, it's weird. What's the expression? There's no ethical consumption under games media. You know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that. That's what they call it. Uh, and apparently it's been a shit show as well. Uh, apparently if you got the deluxe edition of the game, mm-hmm. uh, digitally pre-ordered, and tried to download it for PS4 or PS5, uh, you may not be able to at all. So, fantastic. Wow. I Can think I... They're, they're working with Sony on that to, to fix it. From yeah, yeah, tweets, yeah. Sony help us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- what is it? I hate this. I hate the hmm. Back for Blood did this too, where it's like, hey, pay us like $10 more. We'll give it to you a couple days early. Really? Gamers, really? <laughs> you really just can't wait those two fucking days? Like it's literally, it's 48 hour difference in this release, by the way. Mm-hmm. It comes out Tuesday, yeah. the 8th. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll give you more money so I can play it early. Like, It's a scam. Yeah. This is another scam. I want to point this out. This is not a good thing. <laughs> this is not a good thing. We shouldn't support this. We shouldn't make this a norm. This is right up there with NFTs and Gamer Girl bathwater. It's not right. Oh, at least you're getting something tangible out of the Gamer Girl bathwater, which is an STD. Anyway, 
you wanted to see Daniel streaming, you can catch him at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Yeah, not doing too many bathtub streams <laughs> these days. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to get a bathtub uh, in between my bed and the TV. Yeah, where's that meta going, man? <laughs> you know, it's, it's... He was inspired by Bradley Cooper's nude scene from Nightmare Alley. <laughs> I want somebody to start, like, a tally for how many times we reference Bradley Cooper in this episode. Because uh, I think it's the first we've ever mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Because he's never done a role that we should pay attention to until now, dude. Let's be honest. Uh, he was Rocket Raccoon, right? Yeah, people, okay. People love that. I can sit Smart in a booth and talk raccoon. all fucking day. We do it all the time and don't get paid. It's true. It's <laughs> a fair point. Come on. Well, yeah, he, he landed this role, man. So twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. What is going on over there? The people are asking. The people are wondering, where is the boy? Where well, is, thanks for asking. Let me tell you. Where is the dungeon boy? <laughs> Let me hand it over to yeah. Daniel. Daniel, what's going on over there? You know... I gotta be in the mood, guys. You know, yeah. much like I'm a mood gamer, I'm a mood streamer, right? It has to be a correct combination of elements, right? The temperature's gotta be good, my mood's gotta be good, and I have to have a game I really wanna play, right? It's true. I've been having this problem lately where I'm having a little bit of a gaming crisis, right? We're in between major releases. February's gonna, like, take me on a ride. Can your rig run crisis? <laughs> I hate we didn't include a news bit about crisis, nor will we. Who gives a shit? But it's just, I'm kind of in a weird in-between space right now where, like, I'm grinding in games for Platinums, right? I'm, I'm playing Yakuza Like a Dragon again, spending 20 to 30 hours trying to get that last oh trophy, which is, it's chipping away at me. It's it's killing me a little bit inside uh, every day. Um, yeah, that's, and, a, that's how you know you're a true gamer. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing the Dark Souls 3 Platinum run, which has yeah. been good, but that that's something we have to do together. So it's like, well, what do I stream? And I streamed... A bit of chicory uh, on my vacation week, and I, I thought, you know, this this feels right. I'm going to do this. It's going to be good. Uh, it was the day I got my booster shot, so, you know, trying to fight through that. I got a little bit of a brain fog, but still managed to, you know, do the thing, give some good content to the people, and uh, play some chicory. And, yeah, I, I don't really know what what's next, right? I might play some Dying Light. I didn't even think I was going to get into it, but, you know, everybody's saying it's a lot of fucking fun. Um, and it does seem a kind of a mindless open world game that you can just stream and there's a lot of entertainment value to it. Um, Horizon's one where I think I might primarily play that one offline until I kind of get a good groove of like the story and everything. And then, you know, once I maybe get into some side quests and stuff, I'll want to maybe stream some of that. And then Elden Ring feels like a definite. Elden Ring feels like I'm locked in for a few good streams on that one, whether solo or with you. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into Elden Ring. It's going to be good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Horizon, I wish I was a little bit more excited. Mm. I loved Horizon Zero Dawn. I I don't know, maybe because I feel like it's sandwiched in between two big games like already. I know a lot of people are not going to prioritize Dying Light versus Horizon, but mm. it's just like they're just too close to each other for me to like enjoy both because I know everything gets dropped when Miyazaki's new fucking vinyl drops, okay? It's like That's the truth of it. So, yeah, I almost feel like, oh, should I put it off? Of course I can't. If I'm given any amount of hours, I'm going to fill it with gaming. So mm. I just I just don't want to have the disengagement of like, oh, well, you know, it was really cool doing this for like 10 or so hours and then like having to wait until March <laughs> to get back into it. Yeah, I want to I want to look up this release schedule real quick just to get the, the listeners kind of like an idea of what this month looks like. Because bad month. It's it's good month, bad month. Pretty fucking nuts. Yep. Right, so we got Dying Light 2 that came out on Friday the 4th, right? We got Sifu comes out on the 8th. 
uh, Life is Strange Remastered Collection. If people want to play that, that's that's out already. Um, and then Horizon Forbidden West. Hold on a second here. Jesus Christ, why is it all the way at the bottom of the list? Yeah, Her- Horizon Forbidden West comes out February 18th. And then Elden Ring comes out at the end of the month. That's a strong way to end the month at... 25th? Yeah, February uh, 25th. And that's... And it's not like these are light experiences. They're not like 10 to 15 hour games. These are massive open world games and experiences, you know. Remember the episode where we said there's 500 hours of Dying Light 2? Yeah, I believe it. There's a lot of game there, so. Yeah, yeah. They had to put all that bad writing somewhere. Ooh. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that because yeah, we'll this is going to be it. kind yeah, of like yeah, a yeah. hybrid news episode because we've been playing some stuff. Kevin's been playing Dying Light 2, uh, Become Human. What, what's the, wait, what's the subtitle on that one? Uh, not Quite Human, human 2. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Pokemon Arceus Legends or Legends Arceus. I forget the the way that title Nailed is. Nailed it on the first. Yeah. Um, it's Pokemon. 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 And then, yeah, we're going to do some news up front. You know, we'll give you a little bit okay. of hybrid whammo jam. Got some big news, too. Got a big one. You got, got big, some big news for me? Got a big item on there. For me and the listeners? Got a big item on there. Okay. But first, I need to talk to you about NFTs again. Oh, fuck! <laughs> fuck! Did you see Troy Baker, baby maker? Yeah. He uh, he backed off on his little fucking NFT partnership. Mm. After, uh, after getting out there on that infamous tweet and saying you can either be a hater or a creator, I guess he chose uh, the former. So his his assumed partnership with Voice First, he kind of completely backed out of that. Oh wow, look at this research yeah. game journal over here. God it, damn. So he does. Where a do po- you work? Gamespot, maybe. He does a podcast too with um, Alana Pierce, Austin, Austin Wintry, and there's a, another guy, Mike Bithel. Mike Bith, yeah, Mike Bithel. Uh, yeah. And they actually did an episode that addressed it that I had kind of wanted to listen to just to kind of see where he was coming from with it. And then oh, I was you like, didn't? No, I didn't. Do you want to take a? Take a beat real quick. Yeah, let's take like let's take a forty minute break, forty five minute, and then we'll come back. (laughs) You know, we'll play some music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, talk to me about it. I'll talk to you about it. He backed off on it. Okay. He he said, you know what? I didn't mean to be antagonistic with Mm. my my words. Sure. (laughs) And uh, yeah, the blowback was strong enough for him to say, "I need to get out of this. This is bad for me." Right. Um, not unexpected. I don't understand why these uh, celebrities slash corporations need to go through the song and dance of, here, here's an exciting announcement. We're partnering to make a board ape version of my ass, mm-hmm. and you're, you could be the first on the blockchain to do whatever it is you do with NFTs. Yeah. Frame the fucking digital receipt if you wanted to. <laughs> and then the other part of the song and dance the dance part of the song Mm -hmm. is uh oh apology tweet sorry i didn't know you guys hated it so much even though i could have just logged on once and kind of kind of uh tested the temperature it feels like for every (laughs) hater and creator out there that's kind of like announcing these nft partnerships they almost have to have like a apology tweet drafted right after yeah just because they they need to know that there's going to be immediate blowback right right like it is do they just wait to see if like all right I have a threshold for how much I can get ratioed. Mm-hmm. And if, if it if it tips scale, if it's like 3-4 in the bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll go ahead and send out that apology to yeah. Right? It's stupid. Just, just save yourself the goddamn time and not do it. I think we're going to see a lot of like backpedaling on it when it comes to these kind of like small to mid-tier creators and game companies. But then outside of that space, like in movies, uh, in music, 
and other celebrities and different spheres, they're going to lean hard into it and they're not going to backpedal from it, right? Like because they're not as plugged in, right? Yeah, we see people like Tony Hawk, Gwyneth Paltrow, Brie the Larson. Birdman? All these people are buying into the NFT hype, and I'm not sure it's because these companies are trying to approach celebrities to kind of get like the good word of the the blockchain out there, you know, and, and sell it to the masses. But I feel like these are the sort of people where it's like, well, their reputation's not going to be tanked too bad by you know doing a NFT partnership. People are going to roll over and forget about it yeah. uh, quite immediately. But there's something about gamers and gamer memory where like we don't forget. So there there's more, and maybe it's because like gamers are more tapped into like the Twitter space and social media where it's like they are not willing to let go of of a creator walking that way and you know all the implications of it so and there's so much brand association that you know comes with it for better or worse too or it's like oh yeah game company announces an nft and the next day they're like oh we gotta take it back because we don't want to affect our stock or public image right Mm -hmm. or game release or whatever so i'm seeing a weird shift though are you gamestop uh, announced that they're doing something with uh whoever nfts and looking through the you know the replies on their announcement tweet, mm-hmm. a lot of folks out there thinking it's a good thing. A lot of folks out there saying, "I love this. Oh my God, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna have some memes in here that are like, oh, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm gonna use the Step Brothers guys and show these two companies becoming best friends. <laughs> so cute. And it's getting likes. Yeah, oh, okay. it's getting likes. That's what bothers me. It's gonna become normalized by the end of this year. We're just gonna like again, like I said before, my prediction is we're gonna find another term that isn't NFT. Corporations mm-hmm. are gonna bite down on it, trick you, market it the right way, mm-hmm. and make you think that it's not the thing that it is, but it is the thing that it is, and it's just gonna be there and it's gonna be common. We're gonna see it integrate a game that we care about. Mm-hmm. It's not just gonna be some Ubisoft Ghost Recon garbage. It's gonna be a game that we care about that has it, and it's gonna be inobtrusive. Enough for us to say, ah, uh, yeah, it's there, but we can ignore it because, like, you know, I like the studio or I like this game. I mean, Last of Us Factions does it or yeah. something, right? Right. Well, Square Enix leaned pretty hard into the idea of that's yeah. going to be a part of their business model going forward. So, like, wh- where do we see that? Do we see that in like the next near or like right. Final Fantasy sixteen? You know, or right. and then anything. And then the mousetrap slams right on your dick, baby. It's done. My dick. Yeah, your dick. Your dick's in that mousetrap. Caught. Cheese everywhere. Blood everywhere. Oh my God. It's going to be done. It's going to be normalized. It's going to be the new normal. It's going to be bad. We're going to be here. We're going to be here saying, oh my God, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And it'd be like a frog in boiling water. It jumps out when it's too hot. But when you just slowly raise the heat, Daniel, it'll stay until it's dead. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting metaphor. Yeah, you don't, you don't know the metaphor? That was like a pretty common metaphor. That's <laughs> not something I made up. This is not something I do for... I don't boil frogs for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I mean, in this future. Yeah, well, we'll see what comes of it. It's one of those things where, like, you know, we are, we're so tapped into the online space where we're going to hear about it. We're going to hear about companies announcing in the immediate backlash, and we're going to do our commentary, and it's going to suck, and we're going to see creators come out and be like, you know, my art's getting stolen, my profile pictures are getting stolen, my yeah. fucking, all the stuff's getting stolen just to support this fucking weird new digital landscape, this mm-hmm. new digital wild, wild west. And it sucks because it's like, it, it's not one of those things that affects me. I think it, it, it sullies the idea of what digital art can be and what like maybe blockchain technology could one day be used for. Not that I know too much about like, you know, that, yeah. that front, but like I, 
I'm not reserved to thinking that there could be good uses for the technology one day, but I don't think it lies in stealing people's art and selling digital receipts for like fucking multi thousands of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> like it's that feels exploitative and greedy and slimy. When it comes to the speculation market, the yeah. bad way is the first way that that trucks before the good way. Yeah. What I don't remember which gaming company it is, but they kind of had their own swing on NFTs where they're going to call them like GFTs and they're going to kind of incorporate them into loot boxes. Who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard of this. Yeah, I forget who it is. Hold on. let me. What jackal is doing this? Always a jackal. Always a jackal. Did you hear Ubisoft is, is giving free NFTs to their employees to try to like sway their opinion on them? You just don't understand them. Here's your own bored ape. Oh, so it was Atari. Atari combines NFTs with loot boxes and new GFT collection. Okay. Legendary games pioneer Atari are releasing giftable NFT loot boxes made in collaboration with Metaverse Innovator and NFT Ecosystem Republic Realm. The NFTs in the collection, dubbed GFTs, GIFs, right, will unwrap themselves on a specific date, revealing their rarity to onlooking hopeful owners. The Atari GFT commemorative collection will be available from February 1st on the gift shop website. There will be 10 gifts available in the collection, all of which are inspired by the company's revolutionary 50-year reign as a gaming industry powerhouse. Upon their spontaneous unwrapping, each Atari gift will reveal itself as either common, rare, or epic in rarity. So, fucking loot boxes. Daniel, I can't think of a more fitting company than a company who is who's been transacted more times than Atari, where it's just a name at this point. Mm -hmm. No one affiliated with the original Atari is anywhere near this company because it's been sold and resold so many fucking times through the decades than to have Atari push NFTs. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Victimized by pure money handling Mm -hmm. is the company that's trying to push this forward. My God. My God. Right up there. Shoulder and shoulder with Konami. Good stuff. Love this. What do you think inspires a company to like lean into this so hard? I mean, <laughs> obviously, on. Jason, Jason the trend is one so, thing. It's not a trick question. Like, getting, getting money, obviously, right? No, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's literally the whole answer. That is the whole answer, There's right? There's other ways to make money hand over fist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> maybe there is maybe there is yeah you know what i'm saying maybe there is um for them i think it's it's a new fresh thing buzzwords have always been the most attractive things to corporations mm-hmm. buzzwords it's a new thing um you're repackaging some idea that probably sucks already mm-hmm. but if you can call it something else you can sell it it's it's fresh right sure. uh, we're seeing a little this uh digital gold rush occurring here but it seems more like a digital fire sale to me right like how sustainable is this What's, what's the end game? What's the long game? A lot of people don't have answers. A lot of people just go, oh, just get it now. It's cool now. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, get your hexagonal profile picture of a fucking bored ape. Yep. Can't wait. I showed you the Gwyneth Paltrow one, right? Where it's like... Oh, I saw the Gwyneth Paltrow Like one. unraveling a bandage and then it's just this fucking monkey yeah. with blonde hair. And I'm like, this is stupid looking. I this go back to the... Cool. There's no way people actually <laughs> think it's cool. I just go back to the Bo Burnham song again. That funny feeling. Mm. It's just like you just don't... It's an indescribable feeling of just something being acutely wrong with this world. And you can't help but fight against it internally, but it's happening anyway to you. Hmm. It sucks because I feel like we were both born at the right time and the wrong time. 
Like, we were born in the right sense that we were there for pogs. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, we have to stick around for poggers. I, I, I don't know. From pogs to poggers. <laughs> From pogs to poggers. <laughs> the millennial generation. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some news. Let's, let's do that, yeah. Because every episode will be about NFTs otherwise. I've got five items for you. Okay? Mm. Just five. Nothing short. Nothing longer. All okay. Right. You good to go? I think so, yeah. Strap in. Okay. Number one on here, big one. Sony has bought up Bungie. Holy shit. It's a big one. Sony Interactive Entertainment kicked off another week of big-ass acquisitions by announcing their deal to buy Bungie to the tune of $3.6 billion. Wow. Whew. That's a that's pale in comparison to the seventy billion. Oh, um, look Microsoft at Microsoft buying. Look at this dick showing <laughs> game over here. <laughs> Ain't shit. <laughs> Ain't shit compared to Candy Crush. <laughs> so, Bungie, located in Bellevue, Washington, just a hop and a skip away from us. If they want to buy our podcast, I'm 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 fucking down. I'll I'll go ass up. I'll, we'll talk about Destiny every fucking day. Who cares? <laughs> They're known for creating the goddamn Halo series and more recently Destiny 2, the sequel to Destiny 1. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Though they're now part of the PlayStation family, Bungie will effectively remain an independent entity. CEO and chairman Pete Parson will still run the company alongside the existing executive team. Surprisingly, Sony says Bungie will stay a multi-platform studio. This includes their already released titles and upcoming projects. Jim PS Plus Ryan wrote about the trans uh, <laughs> the partnership I made on the PlayStation blog. Quote, We believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I have spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationships where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people, end quote. How much money you want to bet he didn't fucking say any of these things? You got, you got, you paid an intern to say this shit. How much you want to bet the receptionist wrote this? <laughs> the receptionist Googled a bunch of fucking words. And, what are words in a press release? Synergies. <laughs> Relationship. Did you say world class? Yeah. I will fucking fire you if you didn't say world class. Can you say synergies one more time? People like that. Now let's get Pete Parsons in here, huh? We all love hearing from the recently enriched. Quote, in Sony, we have found a partner who unconditionally supports us in all we are. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd that one get you? <laughs> I don't, so stupid. I hate this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and who wants to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independence that beats in Bungie's heart? <laughs> wow. Laying it on thick, Pete. <laughs> like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IPs can become. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering iconic franchises that unite friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums. Today, Bungie begins our journey to become a global multimedia entertainment company. End quote. Can we... Wow. 
I think we take ourselves a little too seriously, huh? I mean, 3.6 billion, and I guess you have to act like you're a fucking ringleader to a circus. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. shit. <laughs> but this is a big deal. Bungie. My goodness. Bungie, the previously owned Microsoft-owned mm-hmm. company, they went independent. They struck a deal with the now Microsoft-owned Activision. Mm-hmm. They hated working for Activision. Went said, fuck again. off. We went independent <laughs> again. And now they are bought the fuck up. Hmm. At first blush, how do you feel? Whew. About their multimedia empire. Um, you mean from Sony's perspective or from Bungie's perspective? Sure, give me give me what you want. Search your your gamer heart. <laughs> so, I mean, I think first and foremost, just to kind of lay it out there, we have a lot of savvy listeners, people who understand how these deals work. This was not reactionary to the Activision Blizzard buy that Microsoft did. Maybe it was a reaction to their their Bethesda buy, like maybe a year ago, potentially. Possibly, yeah, shoring up and getting a studio that maybe fills a void that they don't necessarily have, right? Where, you know, Microsoft buying Bethesda, they needed that kind of Western RPG front. They needed something that they didn't ha- quite have in their, their catalog, you know? And yeah, they were bad at open world games. Yeah, and I think that creates a very interesting well-roundedness to their, their catalog now. Um, what Sony has been lacking in the last kind of two generations has been kind of like that multi well, not multi-platform, but kind of like a, you know, ongoing games of service shooter type game. They excel greatly with their, you know, indies, their action RPGs, their narrative type games, right? Like Last of Us, God of War, Horizon, Spider-Man, all amazing games, but all kind of play in that same sort of like single player AAA narrative space. And yeah, none of these look like a slot machine. No, none of them look like a slot machine. <laughs> and that's the problem to a uh, to a growth business. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, they, they've definitely had like shooters here and there that and then there. have just been kind of like like gorilla you know have pre- having previously done kill zone right ended up just kind of like reverting to like a whole different studio makeup altogether being like you know what we're gonna ditch that kill zone while it had its audience didn't really sell quite the way we wanted to let's let gorilla do something else and then we got horizon out of that which i think is far and away a bigger success than Killzone ever was oh yeah uh, but a lot of people have been saying yeah they need a first person shooter studio and i mean if they were looking for bungie for that they got a fucking bombastic studio to have under their wing because like bungie between destiny one and destiny (laughs) two those two titles have sold 500 million units like in between like the 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 years and the two entries themselves like so there's a lot of gross revenue coming from those and i mean looking at destiny 2 a game that came out what 2017 late 2017 that's still getting support to this day thereabouts they they had to know that they were like locking in a very long term deal with a super competent studio that that brings something to the table that not a lot of other publishers or not a lot of developers do, and I think it, it's smart for them to kind of lock into this. What what I find exceptionally, I don't I don't know What's that? to say noble about it, right? Because it's like I don't know this is a mega court buying another company. Uh, who was probably very happy with their independence. What a noble move. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not to say noble, but the, <laughs> the idea that they're going to allow them to remain independent and mm-hmm. publish multi-platform, I, I'm wondering how long those words are going to stick and remain true. Because I, I would be odd if that that was the the truth of that that acquisition through and through, that Bungie can remain doing whatever they want the entire time. And I mean, I've seen some feedback from uh, some of the, the workers there online just kind of saying like hey first day uh working with uh sony but don't worry we're still independent and 
I want to keep that hope going for them. I want to think that they can remain the studio that they've been promised to be, right? It would suck if, you know, one day they got cannibalized and then maybe their stuff did become exclusive, right? Because that wasn't, you know, the promise of it. You mm-hmm. know, shit, shit happens, things change. But I I think that idea is very promising for them, right? Would I, would I have liked to see them maybe do an exclusive thing? No, I don't think so. Because I think this this is kind of this could be the signal flare for Sony ushering in a new era for them, right? Doing multi-platform stuff, doing the thing that they never really wanted to do, right? Cross-platform play. They have a very competent, capable studio that's already kind of doing that, and it only helps to kind of serve expanding that idea, right? Mm-hmm. Giving them the kind of the competitive edge with Microsoft's like cross-platform play anywhere ideas, right? Like they could really do some some stuff with this and it also kind of gives them some interesting expanse to their catalog where it's like these people understand the games of service space they understand multiplayer and to have the kind of shared resources between the two studios it's gonna be incredible to see like what what sort of games and ips they pump out like moving forward you know looking back to our last episode where we're talking about microsoft buying you know activision blizzard does it suck to see a company like consolidating like devs and all this you know power and assets yes but I'm interested to see, like, long-term what they're going to create together. Because there could be mm-hmm. some really cool IP that comes out of this. Potentially. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I go back to the leaning of, like, consolidation of companies like this might have a very just negative knock-on effect for consumers. Mm-hmm. Like, on the offset, like, what does this really do for the consumer now that Bungie is owned by Sony? And the answer, at least for a long while, is going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to benefit you whatsoever. Uh, there might be a change one day where you log on to Xbox to play Destiny and see fucking PlayStation Studios logo, and that's mm-hmm. exactly Jim Ryan's fucking machinations come to life, right? I mean, we kind of already see that with the show. Mm, oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so. so, But uh, I think a lot of that was MLB saying, like, fuck you, we need yeah, more money. exactly. But, um, yeah, I... I so there's that, right? But I am interested to see, like, what does this mean for Sony? The next story, we're going to get into it because I think there's a there's a longer play at charge here. Because I mm-hmm. think at, at first glance, you might think to yourself, man, why, why does Sony care that much about Destiny? Why not make your own Destiny or something like that? This isn't a play about Destiny. Mm-hmm. This is a play about a company that is very knowledgeable in the games as a service mm-hmm. uh, business, has gone through the worst of it, and has gone through the best of it. Yeah. And has done it twice. They have a crazy success story. Oh, and Halo before that. Yeah. And Halo before that, right? Like, all that knowledge of Halo. So they're a very foundational studio. They're a studio that has a lot of skin in the game. They've been here forever. Mm -hmm. They've been with a lot of different partners. They know what works for them, what doesn't work for them. I don't think they would have uh, inked a deal with Sony unless they absolutely felt that the independence would be there for them. Mm -hmm. Right? Because they've already gone... They've been knocked around a few times. They've had some... uh, They've had some bad affairs, you know what I'm saying? Back when Microsoft was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Apparently Microsoft is better. They're just a uh, power-hungry conglomerate now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I am interested to see what this means. I think one other push is we got to look at the words multimedia mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah. I, I think Sony, not just looking at Destiny, but let's use Destiny as an example. They see a lot of potential for having this cross-pollination of like, hey, we did PlayStation uh, Studios, mm-hmm. their, their film front, their TV front. Mm-hmm. And I think they see Destiny as, a, as an IP that you can mine for like, hey, we can do TV shows, we can do movies. Mm-hmm. I think there's supposed to be something in in the works with Netflix for Destiny, yeah. but it's like it's all hush-hush right now of what it is. There, there's a lot of potential there to expand this brand that already has this kind of like uh, recognizable name and just kind of blow up the universe in however way you want to do it. Not to mention whatever's next for, for Bungie. They got something down the pipeline what sounds like a... Uh, 
a Fortnite-y, Overwatch-y situation, which, mm. is, which is exactly what Sony has the appetite for right now, because that's what mm-hmm. they're missing from their catalog. They're very good at doing single-player, prestige, open-world-ish games. Mm-hmm. That's their fucking style right now. But you can sell that once. A game like Fortnite, recoup cost almost every fucking minute, mm-hmm. right? So that's yeah. what they're looking for. They want that, and they think that Bungie has that. You can see that. That's plain as day. So it's a very pretty savvy move. The other portion here is something that, uh, once again, I love you, Jeff Grubb. Thank you for your commentary in the industry over at Grub Snacks slash uh, Venture Beat or whatever the fuck it is. Games Beat, Venture Beat. It's both. Both. It's both. <laughs> he, uh, he mentioned that, well, inflation's a big reason. Mm-hmm. The billions of dollars that a corporation has for acquisitions kind of sitting in their back pocket is worth only so much one year versus the next year. Diminishing returns. So your $1 billion looks more like 900 million the next year that's a problem for corporations you need to spend that fucking cash for it to make some value Mm -hmm. back and so the savviest thing that you can do with that cash is not you know buy a theme park sorry nintendo (laughs) it's buy a company that could be a real money maker for you Mm -hmm. bungie has proven they're a money maker it's a whale of a company yeah and And they know what the fuck they're doing i forget does destiny have uh, actually i should probably just say yes they have microtransactions embedded into their Here game right yeah okay. uh, i would say again in an inobtrusive sort of way it's not really like needed but yeah there's like cosmetic stuff yeah I, like for, I forget the one armor shop that you get to go to for like cosmetic stuff but uh fucking armor me up armor me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't remember it's it, you know it's funny talking about this you and me have played a bunch of destiny but we're not like destiny people like we we haven't played it in a while mm-hmm. I've definitely been bucked off of, like, the last few expansions. I don't know what's going on in Destiny. I know they've remade it in, like, a lot of different ways. They've even cut content yeah. in the game that was originally there to, like, make way for new stuff, shit that wasn't working. A lot of a lot of experimenting to figure out, like, mm-hmm. what's, what's the fun? What's the thing that works? And, of course, there's a lot of vitriol and a lot of bullshit surrounding that, right? Like fans are fans, right? Mm-hmm. But um, They have a new expansion coming out, like... Next week? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Week after, it's uh, 22nd. Mm-hmm. Coming out pretty soon. The Witch, Witch Queen. Queen. Yeah. Looks interesting. Maybe this is a cool onboarding point. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what's next uh, out of this. But, again, like with any of these acquisitions, it's going to be some time before we see anything um, kind of come to fruition. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the the idea that they would mine this IP for other... Content? Uh, yeah, other, <laughs> like, media content, right? Because, like, Sony Movie Studios is a newer imprint that's not really, like, proven with their gaming ip yet right like Not yet. uncharted the movie comes out what next week i think so yeah. <laughs> i guess so we'll see how that even does and it's like would it be interesting to see an expansion of the destiny universe yeah i think i think so mm-hmm. um i think they just need to do it right like my preferred way is always going to be do a netflix series do like a long-term long-form treatment with it right because movies never quite hit the same same beats never have quite the same amount of heart and and feel that like you know the the video games do because they're trying to rush to like hit certain plot beats that's that's why i'm nervous to see the uncharted movie because it's like how is this going to be a greatest hits of uncharted's one through four right (laughs) and we'll we'll see but yeah i think there there is a lot of promise with the the ip itself and um you have competent developers working there right like you have some of the best devs in the industry that know first person shooters and i, I would interest be interested to see like kind of how they share those devs across the studios right how do we bring the mechanics of destiny shooters to like you know a naughty dog game maybe right mm. like because naughty dog shooting has always been kind of like eh, here and there 
fun, you know? It's never been solid. Like, you know, Uncharted is, like, kind of cover shooter that's floaty at best. And, you know, The Last of Us, it, it got better uh, across the two installments. But even still, it's like, you don't really go to those games to play shooters. Really, mm. you go for the story. So I'd be interested to see, like, something like Last of Us Factions, right? Maybe get some of those mechanical overhauls, like, from their team and, you know, make it feel more like a competent shooter. I don't know. You know, I don't think we can actually have... We need to have the other side of this discussion sure. with the second item because, yeah. like, there's a lot of shit there. There's a lot of pieces moving that, yeah. like, I think are very salient, especially since we're mentioning Last of Us and all that. Mm-hmm. So, number two, Sony is planning to launch 10 new live service games by 2026. Hmm. This is a part of this equation, right? Yeah. So, apparently, Sony is playing the long game. As attractive as owning the, J- the Destiny franchise is, the Japanese giant is keenly interested in Bungie's live service experience. Speaking to The Verge, CFO Hiroki Totoki, I think I got that right, I'm sorry if I didn't, Hiroki Totoki said, quote, The strategic significance of this acquisition lies not only in obtaining the highly successful Destiny franchise, as well as major new IP Bungie is currently developing, but also incorporating into the Sony group the expertise and technologies Bungie has developed in the live game services space. Through close collaboration between Bungie and PlayStation Studios, we aim to launch more than 10 live service games by fiscal year ending March 2026. Bungie has been silently crafting a new IP said to be a multiplayer, character-focused action game. Just the kind of shit the kids eat up. But that's just 10% of the picture. Naughty Dog has been working on a standalone successor to The Last of Us's Fractions for years. Guerrilla is shoring up for some online title. Lucid Games, the team behind Destruction All-Stars, is reportedly developing a new Twisted Metal with live service features. A Sony storm is coming. In the last two generations, Sony has nearly perfected prestige single-player games. But they're hungering for the Fortnite money. So it's about the resources. Just like with the deal with Microsoft and Activision... It is about getting this knowledge base as well. The resources mm-hmm. of these people that know how to mechanically make a live service game. Not just, I want Destiny to be mine. Mm-hmm. There's a big game here. And I think also part of the multi-platform move is almost like a signal of the time. Saying, maybe we can't always stick to the hardware race. Mm-hmm. I mean, Microsoft has been remaking the whole industry with Game Pass. Saying, fuck the console. Get the subscription. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if what Spartacus is supposed to be largely incorporates this kind of like this fucking full frontal assault mm-hmm. of these live service games yeah. and saying, play it on PC, play it on, on PlayStation systems. And maybe I, I, I'm, I'm still hard pressed to believe play it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Xbox Switch. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, well, it see, that's tough. too hopeful. With, it's too with hopeful, Sony. right? <laughs> but I mean, your competitors doing something very similar. What if. What if you did something like that, too? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, but winds are changing, Daniel. Is is the way to, to beat the competition to mimic them? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I would like to see Sony do similar lateral moves, but not the same exact thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think it will be fascinating to see what the rumored Spartacus is, and then inevitably, like, these maybe live service games, like, launching for free on there. Uh, just to kind of have like a padded out library and catalog of stuff that like, hey, you know, come play the, the new Twisted Metal on Spartacus. You know, it'd be awesome if that's their plan for it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think in one degree is um, you definitely do have to match your competitor. Yeah. Because you don't want a service that looks worse. 
That's one thing. But you're right in that, well, if you're doing the same thing, why should I care yeah. about what you got? Well, and, I, and I think we got to remember, it's they're saying 10 live service games that belong to them. Yeah. Something that the competitor doesn't have. It. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we care about the games more than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So there might be IP that we end up just really, really wanting to jump into mm-hmm. that PlayStation has that Xbox don't. And so even if we're not... Uh, going toe-to-toe on hardware. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're just going subscription basis, which I think would be crazy if Sony didn't launch on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's we're, we're back to the names mattering, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's for some people, it's going to be a big deal that Twisted Metal has a new iteration that you can only get on Spartacus mm-hmm. PlayStation, right? For other people, it's going to be a big deal that uh, what if there's a... Um, like, they carve out Ghost of Tsushima Legends as its own standalone title mm-hmm. and build it out even more beyond needing the disc, yeah. right? That it's like one of the, like you get the Spartacus service, you have that game, these guys over here don't have it. So mm-hmm. we're back to this kind of lockstep game, but I don't know. I I, I think um, what matters to people are the games. Mm-hmm. So maybe they do a service that's almost like one for one, but the difference is what you got. <laughs> Could be that. I yeah. don't know. No, that, that's a... And if okay. you want to hire me, Sony, I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm here. Like, I'm here. Yeah. And I'm on your side. I don't trust Phil. <laughs> I guess uh, another question here is, do you think it's... I mean, 10 live service games leading through 2026. Like, that, there's a lot of promise there. But is it too little too late in terms of, like, trying to match that Microsoft? Like, because, like, it took them a while to think that they even really needed to do something like this. They were really sufficing on hardware. Sure. They were surviving on hardware and brand loyalty alone for so long. Right? I mean, damn, dude. Better late than never, though. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Yeah. Like, if they did nothing, <laughs> drown in the water, right? Yeah, but look how it's working for Nintendo. Nintendo can keep doing exactly what the fuck they want, and it'll still be the most successful fucking console. Yeah, like, that's because Nintendo. Right yeah. And it'd be, like I was saying before, though, they have IP where they can fucking do that. Hmm. They are, they're the only ones with Mario. They're the only ones with... The Wooly World and Kirby and all the rest of these things, right? Yeah. So they can that that's their lever. So they can continue being fucking goofy, weird Nintendo, mm-hmm. and people will still love them and adore them and buy up fucking Switches left and right. We didn't put the story there, but uh, Switch has become their most profitable. Not profitable. They have sold more units of the Switch than we finally. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! That's incredible. What was it 103 million units? Yeah. <sighs> Would that put it in like the top five best-selling consoles of all time? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> let's let's go to the <laughs> let's go to it. Yeah, because it's like PS2, the Wii, PS4 is pretty high up there. I know SNES is pretty high up there as well. Uh, Nintendo Switch outsells Wii, reaches 103 million sales in five years. Let's see if the article actually lists out the consoles. I don't think so. None of these articles will ever do it. Now, now, now I have to look up best-selling consoles. God yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with it. Best-selling consoles of all time. Fucking piece of shit. Here we go. We got a list from Wikipedia. Okay, so let's see. Number one, PlayStation 2. Over 155 million units sold. Nintendo DS Family. I guess that includes the DS and 3DS. That's a cop-out. 154 million. Game Boy and Game Boy Color, 118.69 million. Nice. PlayStation 4, 116.9 million. And then Nintendo Switch coming in at number 5, 103.54 million. Yeah, so that puts it in the top five best-selling consoles of all time. That's crazy. That is crazy. But, I mean, consider what what happened with, (laughs) 
with Nintendo. Right? I just, sorry, like, I just had a joke in my head, which what? is like, they Joy-Con drifted their way to the top slot. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. It made me laugh. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's funny, like seeing kind of their their comeback, right? Where it's like we were unsure what Nintendo was even going to be doing anymore. If they were just going to become a software publisher, I don't think that was ever just going to be a, a thing that no. happened. They, they they had too much skin in the the hardware game. But <laughs> I to see, see them going bankrupt before yeah, they ever let to, that happen. To see them bounce back from the Wii U, have this yeah. hybrid console that really piggies off of like what made not only the DS and 3DS great, but also the Wii in terms of like some of the motion uh, technology. Um, and then just having a good catalog of games combined with the fact that a pandemic happened and people wanted a game more than ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like there were all these elements that kind of like coalesced and made the Switch as successful as it is. It's fucking crazy. You're probably right. Mm-hmm. It's the video game manufacturers that manufactured the pandemic. God damn it. My uncle was right. This is a mongering farce. <laughs> he said that. That's weird. <laughs> That's a weird thing. That yeah. I had. It's been bothering me all week. You've been mentioning it like every day. I no, that. I learned it yesterday, actually. Yeah. My no. mom told me. And I was like, what? Yeah, but every day I've seen you, you've mentioned it. And that's been every day since. So two days. Yeah, it's crazy. Whew. So there, there's a long-term play here with Sony and Bungie. And it's exciting to see them kind of stepping into a new skin, trying to do something different. Even if they didn't do it, I would still go to Sony for their games because they have such an impressive and strong catalog that speaks to me, right? Yep. But like seeing them step up in the live service space, which some, which typically is not for me. Mm-hmm. I played some live service games here and there that have had some long tail for me, right? Like Overwatch, Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World. Yeah, Destiny 2 here and there. I mean, I, I probably played that for like two straight months and then burned myself out because it got pretty samey. I wish I'd gone back to it because it seems like it's a, like a way different game with so much content now. Let's go back to it. Um, let's go back to it. Yeah, let's, let's get into the Witch Queen. What? Let's get into oh, the Witch Queen. I thought you meant Division 2. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I no, was no, getting no. Division 2 in my brain. Yeah, and Division 2. So, like, Division two. so live service games definitely aren't my cup of tea, but like you'd have to be fucking dumb to not like want to tap into that market, especially seeing the success of games like Fortnite. Yeah, and the big thing is Sony doesn't have to figure it out on their own anymore, right? Exactly. They, they have Bungie to be like, yeah, we know how to do this. We'll make it happen for you, Kevin. Yeah. So yeah, when you can't figure out how to do something by yourself, buy a studio that does. Bingo, bango. That's actually a business thing. That's yeah. a that's a real legitimate thing. It's like you focus on the discipline that you're good at, mm. and when you're not good at something, you hire or buy someone that does know how to do it. Right. Let me ask you before I move on to the next yeah. thing. What do you think is their next big move? Because obviously they're shoring up. They're trying to bolster like a strong Sony family, right? They've done Sony's about family. Smaller acquisitions here, right? With studios that we already kind of thought were first party, right? You know, buying up Blue Point, buying up uh, what Housemark. Was Housemark, yeah. Where it's like, oh, we already kind of associated these brands with Sony. Uh, but what what do you think would be their next play? I mean, I feel like we're living in the era of like it's it's anyone's game. Like mm-hmm. it, anything can happen now. Like nothing's outside the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think my two picks that I think are just kind of like obvious is Sony has the benefit of being a Japanese company where Microsoft is obviously not. Mm-hmm. They're in our backyard, Redmond. Um, and therefore, I don't think a Japanese company would want to be absorbed by a Western front, Mm-mm. but they might be more uh, more amenable to having Sony knock on their door. Mm-hmm. So I would say Square Enix or Capcom, maybe even Konami. Mm-hmm. Those three, somebody's going to buy one of these fucking companies, and if anyone is the closest or likeliest to do so, it would be Sony. 
That's my opinion. What I want to see from that more than anything is buy one, get licensing deals with the others, right? Mm-hmm. Buy Konami because they're not doing shit with their IP. They're doing their fucking Dude, NFT, god god awful Pachinko shit. machine yeah, bullshit, yeah. and then become the exclusive licensed publisher for Capcom and Square Enix. I I had a dream the other day. I tweeted about it. Got got two likes, so it was really doing numbers. But uh, I want I want I don't know why I want this. Consolidation is bad, mm-hmm. but if it had to happen, and it probably will happen, buy Capcom Sony. Mm-hmm. Sony buy Capcom. That's a good band. Get insomniac to work on a mega man reboot whoa oh yeah i saw that tweet from the ratchet and clank team. yeah do that because capcom's not gonna do it they don't have enough money to fucking mm-hmm. fucking waste on mega man <laughs> or market it correctly mm-hmm. they're like no, no 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 it's either monster hunter or it's resident evil or fuck the fuck off yeah. like that's what they're at at these times but uh yeah i'd say do that make that happen where's that fucking silent hill game is that not real is that yeah, vaporware right? <laughs> i i assume everything with silent hill is vaporware these days gotta be nor do i care anymore gotta be until i see something tangible total vape vape nation that's how they, they get the fog in silent hill all the vaporware <laughs> i thought we would get there eventually yeah we tried yeah. we try well i got a number three on here Sick. speaking of big companies doing big things mm. rockstar confirms grand theft auto 6 is in development in a tweet probably <laughs> in a, it was a tweet <laughs> the rockstar of games who Oh, fucking Rockstar, right. Has officially announced that they're working on a new GTA. Hold your red dead horses, though. They didn't unveil anything. They simply confirmed that, yeah, they're working on it. What's to you? Why do you care? Huh? Get out of here. I just want to know. Get out of here. (laughs) We got a quote from them that this was a tweet, but apparently it was an official press release Mm -hmm. that they sent out there, too. With the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, yeah, no fucking kidding. <laughs> we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond beyond what we have previously delivered. Hold on a second. <laughs> fucking Greg Miller. <laughs> and we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. End quote. Well, yeah, that was a lot of nothing to just kind of say we're doing it. I mean, was anybody really surprised that we were going to get another Grand Theft Auto entry? I wasn't. We j- everyone just thought we'd get it earlier than fucking 28 years after the fact. <laughs> but GTA 5 was such a massive success, mm-hmm. you know? Fucking, damn, a game across three generations. That's insane. Yeah. It's it's the RE4 of video games. Yeah, have we really ever seen anything <laughs> quite like that? I, well, I mean, obviously, like, those are remasters, right? Or ports yeah. where it's like, yeah, we're going to give it to you across nearly every generation. Because let's think, like, GameCube, PS3, PS4, PS5. We've gotten versions of Resident Evil 4. Not PS5. Yet. VR. Mm. Oculus. That's what we got. But maybe we'll get a remake of RE4. Yeah, the rumored remake. I've heard some crazy shit about that remake. That, that uh, Claire is going to be in the game instead of Ashley. Wow. Please do it. We had wanted to do that. Though. It makes sense, like, you know, considering Claire and Leon's last adventure in Resident Evil 2. We're here. so us. It's yeah. like GTA 6 confirmed. Yeah, so let's, RE4. Let's talk about RE4. <laughs> let's talk about these rumors. 
Wasn't there some other stuff that had come out about that? I don't know if it was like Shinji Mikami who yes. was talking about it. He said that <laughs> yeah. Shinji says he hopes that the Capcom can fix the story of RE4 because he wrote it in three weeks and is ashamed of it. Oh, really? Yes, he said that. Wow. He's like, I hope you fix my story. And I'm like, yeah, that was one of the worst parts of that game. You're right. <laughs> You're totally right about that. And then on the other side, there's a new... Um, there was a fan project, eight years in the making, to have a proper HD version of Resident Evil 4 that was released. You can download it right now. It was the HD fan project. Yeah. It made, it's beautiful. The whole game looks amazing. Why haven't you amazing. streamed it yet? Why haven't it? Um, I don't know if my laptop can handle it because it's, mm. like it's like a 38 gigabyte download just for the textures and shit. Oh, shit. And I have to mod the, the Steam version of the game, and I don't know how to do any of that. Hmm. They give you a how-to that I just haven't sat down with because I was like, I'm going to play Dying Light yeah. this weekend and just like not fuck with my I'm sure you could figure out PC. in like a, a night or two how to do it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can figure it out. I just like have not wanted to, <laughs> basically. But GTA 6, I don't, I don't care enough. Yeah, I don't either. I, I have, I have no stake in a lot of Rockstar's games. Like no. I played Red Dead 2 and Red Dead 2 Online and I thought, yeah, this is a great game. This is a great situation here i'm really impressed with the the level of storytelling and, and the gameplay and you know what what they presented impressed enough to beat it i've never no i've never <laughs> fully played uh a grand theft auto like you know i've had instances where you know i've played it at a friend's house very briefly and i've watched a lot of people play grand theft auto and i know there's a very alive community with grand theft auto 5 online right now you didn't play one no you didn't play two nope you didn't play three nope you didn't play vice city nope you didn't play san andreas nope I sure four? as hell didn't play the fucking jank-ass collection that just came out. You didn't play Chinatown Wars? No. Huh. Did you play London? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh, one of those... Um, it's one of those franchises that never spoke to me. I don't know why. I just like, yeah, let's have the power fantasy of being a, a drug dealer who beats up, you know, pimps and prostitutes and fucking crashes airplanes in the buildings. Yeah, you don't like that? Uh, no, not really. I, like sounds it sounds fucking awesome. It sounds fun and chaotic. Like that's why they built video games so you can do this and not <laughs> harm people. This in is real why life. Mario learned how to jump and run <laughs> left and right so we could do this. Yeah, they didn't make 3D Mario until GTA 3 came out. <laughs> Revisionist history. Yes. So I mean, sure. I'm excited for Rockstar, the company that got filthy fucking rich off of Grand Theft Auto 5 <laughs> to make true. more money off of a sequel. Go them. Good for them. Good for the fans. Make People a lady protagonist. It. Make a lady protagonist. Are, are you excited for this all? Uh, no. Okay. I want a new Max Payne. <laughs> okay. I want Max Payne 4. Uh, that's what I want from Rockstar. I want Rockstar to make games that aren't GTA. They seem to like have stopped that. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's either Red Dead or it's GTA now. And that's all they've done for the last uh, like 15 years. So yeah. Like, what the fuck? Remember when they made, like, Smuggler's Run and fucking Midnight Club was a thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a racing game that wasn't Forza. Yeah. Forza got so big, they have two franchises. What the fuck? It's time that... That's what happens when you consolidate power. Mm. We stop getting choices in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. <sighs> I, I, I mean, I would love to one day see them do something else that isn't, you know massive online experience but like they've made so much money off of it that they're probably never gonna stop doing it so what happened to agent yeah what did happen to agent canceled i know we talked about it on an episode probably like two years ago but yeah they finally like stopped <laughs> renewing the trademark because yeah. they were just like get the fuck out of here with this what we've been renewing this trademark for 23 years doesn't make any sense well good for rockstar good and for all rockstar. fans of gta but this next one 
Not good news. Number four. Rocksteady's Suicide Squad has been delayed to 2023. It sounds like they're not giving their dog an invisible bone. Peacemaker. Quick verdict. Good or bad show? Great show. Great show. Great show. I'm having fun with it. You're having fun with it. Yeah. You're lukewarm on it. I am. You're medium on it. Yeah. That's because okay. it's it's 50-50 with me for a lot of the jokes, hmm. much like a lot of James Gunn's humor, where it's like he writes jokes a mile a minute, and like he gives so much comedic agency to all of his characters, and it's it's more about seeing them in hilarious situations a lot of the times. Um, I don't know that I really care about like the overall plot and antagonist of the show, but... It's fun. It's a very fun watch. I cackle every time I watch that show. Mm-hmm. John Cena is a legend mm-hmm. to comedy. I think that was the best thing that we could have ever gotten from his career. You know, I really like the violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they chainsaw a gorilla in half. That was fucking great. Every episode's so fucking good, dude. I don't understand how you're not like up on this show. You saw a fucking gorilla get chainsawed. It was amazing, dude. I'm saying I'm having fun with it. It's not my okay. favorite. I think it's better than every Marvel show except for Loki. Okay. I think I think that's where I'm at with it. I still think James Gunn's Suicide Squad the movie is better. I don't. Hmm. I don't. I like this way more than Suicide Squad the movie. Well, I guess we can agree to disagree. I didn't like most of the characters in that movie, except for John Cena's character. And maybe a little bit of Ratcatcher. I don't know. I don't feel towards sympathetic characters. <laughs> I have no sympathy in my body anymore. Not since these NFTs came onto the scene. <laughs> anyway, number four on here. WB at Rocksteady's upcoming superhero title, Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League has been delayed all the way till 2023, according to Bloomberg's reporting. It truly begs the question if Jason Schreier is simply the messenger of delays or has an unspoken power that we haven't talked about. Very Mothman, right? Mm-hmm. He's always there. The bridge falls. He was there an hour before. Very interesting. Well, he was on vacation when the uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard buyout uh, happened. But he, he was wasn't tweeting. on vacation he was still tweeting about it. when the Bungie thing happened. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's fair enough. I just don't like I have to pay for Bloomberg, man. Come on. Words should be free. I'm glad you said words should be free. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to this. So Wordle. <gasps> yeah. The phenomenon that took to the internet. This episode's a fucking chaos. Because it's like we've been stopping no, to talk about so many side things. No, it's because we haven't podcasted dude. in a while, I guess. Uh, but Wordle good. got bought by New York Times. Yeah, weird. So yeah. I have to subscribe to play Wordle? That's what a lot of people are, are kind of being weary of, that like they might put it behind a paywall because they already have so many kind of like games behind a paywall, uh, like the cross, the New York Times crossword puzzle. I might be okay. For. I actually subscribe to them. Hmm. I don't know why I subscribe to them. I, think I don't have, know. It makes me feel like a smart adult. I do think they have two <laughs> separate subscriptions, though. One for their gaming stuff and one for their news. Yeah. So I maybe, think I just got news. Yeah. Because I don't see anything from gaming from those motherfuckers. But Josh Wardle, I didn't know that it was that was his, his last name? name until this all kind of went You're live. You're joking. Yeah, he, he, he made this like game for his partner and then, you know, it was such a <laughs> phenomenon that he got approached by New York Times to, you know, buy it for $3 million. Yeah? Like, Did John yeah. Halo tell him to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's good for him. I think that's awesome. Yeah, awesome, dude. Yeah. Fucking made it for his fiance. Now he made some some cash. Mm-hmm. Good good job, man. I, I, I like playing that Wordle. He gives me, me something to do, like, every morning for, like, two minutes, maybe. 
That's bizarre. Really? You play it? Yeah. I never see your results online. Because I don't fucking do that shit. That's the Why not, shit. dude? I it's did it so once. good. I did it once, and that's when I guessed it in two tries. Fucking, I love seeing those blocks all over my timeline and understand. I love seeing a thing that means another thing. That's my favorite thing. I don't know what word they got right, but when I see that they fucking got like two lines, mm-hmm. oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Okay? It's something that started happening like wildfire where one person posted and then it saw it everywhere and everybody's like here are my wordle results and i'm just like i don't fucking care about these colored blocks and wordle 265 five out of six i don't care i don't care and then i started playing it and silently enjoying it just just killing me just killing me right now i'm sorry does this delay kill you (sighs) the successor to rocksteady genre format genre look at that look at that that's a five letter word you know that The successor to Rocksteady's genre-formative work on the Batman Arkham franchise, Suicide Squad is a multiplayer action title that sees everyone's favorite losers battle against brainiac-controlled members of the Justice League. That's a sentence. That's a whole sentence. Mm The game was initially slated for 2022 alongside WB Games' other IP-a-thons, Gotham Knights and Harry Potter vs. the Army of Darkness, or whatever. I literally don't know what it's called. I don't think anyone knows. Wizards Unite? What? A phone game? Wizards Unite is a phone game. That's a phone game. <laughs> That's a fucking phone game, dude. I know it. <laughs> you can't trick me. <laughs> this one was uh, Wizarding Wordles. <laughs> Hold on a second here. It has no name. It's just some turf shit. We don't care. Hogwarts Legacy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, you're right. Wizards yeah, 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 yeah. is the mobile game anyway well anyway like we care the, the bloomberg article cites our dear old pandemic and other production challenges as a reason for the delay are you sad you sad about this you want to talk about this real quick we have to get we have to rattle through this episode you not sad? entirely because like at this point we've only really seen one gameplay reveal of suicide squad well, the last one was cool though it was cool yeah it was cool seeing kind of how dynamically different all the characters are and uh, yeah. I, that gave me some promise it doesn't look like an arkham game does not look like like it looks way different it looks like what avengers was trying to be yeah and it that that first kind of trailer reveal of like all the characters it 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 gave me some promise for it Uh, i'm still kind of like lukewarm on it like i'm not crazy about the suicide squad as like an ip anyway me neither yeah i don't care the best thing it gave me was peacemaker (laughs) yeah i'm I'm more excited about gotham knights to be honest yeah and uh, i'm interested to see if that actually shapes up to a game we want to play right because like that can go either way real sound yeah the last thing we got from that was the dc dome reveal and it was largely cinematic but it you know there was hints to the court of owls and it, it i don't know it just seems really cool i hear if you dress up as batman you'll get some dc dome <laughs> <laughs> what about you are you are you bummed about this delay in the the potential for no delays get as many games out of this year as possible yeah this year is way out of here way too stacked everything's an open world game for some reason miyazaki even made an open world game we're fucked get out of 2023 nintendo made a kirby open world game we're get out of here kirby pokemon open world it's too much i'm playing a pokemon over here get out of here push the games out push them all out until (laughs) i get them out get get them out i need time okay (laughs) suicide squad's coming out in 2023 perfect fucking great dude <laughs> and maybe maybe they'll use this time to actually add peacemaker into the game do it that was their first mistake no. i wonder if there will be like a dlc plan for it maybe he'll just get added after ah uh, 
doing like the Marvel Avenger thing where it's like we'll do character events. That's a dark thought, Daniel. That's a dark dark thought. They've done that before with Arkham Arkham Knight. They're like, oh, look at all these characters. You got to download them. Would you like Red Hood? (laughs) Spend ten ninety nine. Fuckers. Fuckers. How did it work for Arkham City? Was it just in the arena fights that you could play as like other characters or like skins of other characters? They added story stuff. Okay. They added story stuff where you play as um like Catwoman, Nightwing, and, and Robin. Mm-hmm. Catwoman's in the game, base game actually. Yeah. You just play with her. I like that. Don't yeah. look at me like that. I, I forget it's been so long since I've played it. Yeah, I played it recently and it's dated, dude. Mm-hmm. One of the best games ever. It's pretty fucking dated. Got some poor writing too, or I should say, iffy edgy writing. If you had your writing, if you had your writing, what is your biggest hope from this game? Um, that it's real, like that, that it's like surprisingly fun. Okay, that it's like, oh shit, I can't put this down. Mm-hmm. Like they did it. It's, it's been gestating for years. Mm-hmm. Rocksteady is, I, I, I trust them. Mm-hmm. They haven't made a game since like 2014. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> like holy fucking shit. So yeah, I, I hope it's good. I, I think my worry with it is we're gonna kind of see a similar Marvel's Avengers thing where like it's gonna pale in comparison to what we know of like the cinematic version of it. Um, yeah, it's its own, it's supposed to be a part of the Arkhamverse, mm-hmm. I think, right? Like, it, it's doing that. So it's not the movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said something that triggered synapses. I think maybe part of the display is Avengers scaring folks. Mm-hmm. They're doing something that's kind of similar, yeah. and they want to make sure that this is distinct and feels good mm-hmm. and doesn't end up a shit show that cost them a lot of fucking money, like Square Enix's eating that bullet right now yeah spider-man didn't save that game could you believe that spider-man couldn't say fucking the avengers was gwen stacy'd <sighs> ouch dude yeah. too soon you think so i still feel that hurt every day crack i'm like fucking <laughs> you saw that <laughs> <laughs> give me the number five i feel sick clunk <laughs> <laughs> Number five on here is Respawn is making three Star Warses or Stars War? Star Star Wars. Star Wars. Respawn Entertainment already has a pedigree for making hits from Titanfall to Apex Legends to Titanfall 2, which is one of the best first person shooters ever made and you know it. To be true. They've also they're also already versed in the Star Wars universe, having made the successful jump to the action adventure genre slash souls like, by the way, with Jedi Fallen Order. Naturally, EA and LucasArts want to keep pumping respawn until their Metachlorians run dry. Thus, Respawn is working on three new Star Wars titles, including a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, a brand new first-person shooter that isn't Battlefront, sorry friends, headed up by game director Peter. Peter Hirschman, and a new strategy game made in partnership with the recently formed Bit Reactor. Is this them, like, crunching to get titles out before their contract runs dry? Because, like, they had a 10-year deal, right? They did have a 10-year deal. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe Mm. they're trying to flex it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going on there? Obligatory pull quote begins now. Quote, Building on the previous successes of our EA relationship, this new collaboration highlights the trust and mutual respect shared between the world class, world class, we got it again. Fuck. (laughs) Fucking hell. Teams at EA, Respawn, and Lucasfilm Games said Sean Shotpaw. Shoptaw, actually. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at your name so hard, but it's so funny. At least they didn't say synergy. Yeah, that's true. Said Sean Shoptaw, SVP of Walt Disney Games. Uh, He says, fostered by the expertise and passion within each team, we will create thrilling original games for diverse audiences across the Star Wars galaxy. Isn't that cute? 
Think so. Galaxy? That's really fun. Now, I bet you're wondering, Daniel, what's the point of announcing three new games without showing any screenshots or gameplay? The answer is recruiting. At the bottom of the press release, Respawn's founder Vince Zimpala puts out the call for new talent, saying, quote, We are huge fans of Star Wars here at Respawn. You made a fucking Star Wars game, dog. And we're thrilled to work with Lucasfilm Games on new titles that we have wanted to make for years. If you want to make great Star Wars games, you should come join us on our journey, end quote. You can hire me, too. Whatever. Yeah. I'll make Star Wars. I know. I haven't seen Book of Boba, but, yeah. you know. What's I, your favorite Star Wars? Oh, fucking, uh, like the movie or like a war within, I like the trade dispute. <laughs> Everybody's favorite plot line from the Star Wars. Roger, Roger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like the movies? I don't know what my favorite movie is. Mm. They're all kind of like whatever to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I but guess the default Empire, but like. Default is Empire. Empire sure. gets worse every year. I go back to it sometimes and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> we watched it. One Christmas, and uh, it's it's always a delight to go back to, but it's such a dark, dense film in comparison yeah. to some of the other adventures. Mm, it's a weird one. And it feels like a connective tissue film between one and, uh, I guess, between New Hope and Return of the Jedi. But yeah, I would put that as my number one, and then I really fucking love Force Awakens. I think that's a great film. I like it too. I think yeah. Force Awakens gets gets a lot of everything that Star Wars right. Mm-hmm. I think so. A lot of fun, a lot of goodness in that one. Maybe that's one. It's got I, that Daisy Ridley too. I really like Rogue One. Rogue One's one of my favorites. I need to go back to that because I think that was a time and place movie where I maybe saw it and I didn't like it as much just because of like a bad headspace. And I haven't seen it since, but it's wonderfully shot. It's got some of the coolest scenes. Yeah, It's great. Sad movie. Mm -hmm. A lot of death. Alan Turk dies. So... I want Jedi Fallen Order 2 more than anything else that they're doing. That's what I was That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's like (laughs) really what I want out of that. Like... Jedi Fallen Order 1 is just such an amazing proof of concept for what Respawn can do with the IP. They made a bombastic game. Tough as fucking nails. You really have to nail those mechanics to really get anywhere. Um, My hope for a sequel is that they clean up some of the level design, some of the backwards navigation. The 3D map is garbage. The 3D map sucks. Um, I don't know how much feedback they got from from players. Gotta be endless. Uh, I hope they're taking that, that... to heart um, new keep, hope keep the combat as it is keep building on that story because that was yeah. a really cool fucking fix the story parry. the parrying is a little gummy mm. gotta fix that parry mechanic not very good yeah took me out of it took me out of it took me out of it but i yeah i just want to i want more but tighter right uh that whole story <laughs> what <Sorry. laughs> what i want that tight give me that tight butthole he's of a hungry game. he wants it tight give me a tight <laughs> vince vincey come on give it to me poppy who Vince Pella. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that I mean, where that story left off too. Like, ooh, what a cool cliffhanger. Great cast. Ending, great cast. I, I, I want to stick with them. I want to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that that's a good story. Mm-hmm. You, you hear that, Techland? That's a great story. I think that's one of the best Star Wars stories we've gotten across like a lot of the, the media. See, that's my thing. I like the extended media fiction way more than like the mainline movies. The mainline yeah. movies are just kind of like whatever. Well, they They're all fine. get so caught up in like we got to do our own thing, but also tie it back to the Skywalker saga. And granted, yeah. like this in a in a way is still kind of in that realm, right? But it's not. It's its own thing. It's really cool. Yeah, it is. I want more of it. I want to fight a Rancor again. I wanna. I want to bring down a Star Destroyer. Like in the Force Awakened or Force Unleashed, you remember how we mm. decanonized the Force Unleashed? Sorry, Wentworth. <laughs> Sorry, bud. 
Didn't he do something? Didn't he do an NFT thing? Wentworth? <laughs> yeah, Wentworth Miller. Oh, I've no seen Sam Whitworth. Oh, okay. Wow, <laughs> I confused the two of those of, of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what? The other thing they're working on is a, a first-person shooter that isn't Battlefront. Okay, cool. Yeah. What I'm more excited for is Ubisoft Massive's, uh, like I guess open world type shooter kind of in the vein mm -hmm. of, of division that is going to be star wars which i think is really cool i don't think we know that it's a shooter but we do know it's open world yeah and we do know ubisoft is working on it which is mm -hmm. cool so there could be some nfts involved eh? oh fuck yeah, get a little bb8 nft no mine's bb x y z <laughs> you no yours it? is just a receipt of it i'll sell it to you <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this is exciting. I think Respawn—they are—they're a very strong developer. Mm -hmm. I am interested to see another shooter out of them. Mm -hmm. Great, they're yeah. very good at that. But then again, I gotta say, they're—they're no—they're uh, no slouch when it comes to uh, third person. Now, mm -hmm. I think they really—they put together that game in such a short amount of time, too. Apparently, so I mm -hmm. would like to see them make a sequel that actually has, you know. Maybe a little more bake time to it. Yeah. A little more like, hey, we want to fuck around with some ideas and see how it goes. But I think they made a really cool mesh of, of Uncharted with Souls games. Mm -hmm. What a weird thing to say. But it's like, yeah, you did a great job at that while telling a good Star Wars story. I want more. And like every fight really is challenging in a cool way. Super engaging. I like it the way it builds on like your skills and, and, and kind of growth of skills over time. And each fight, like I, I love getting into whether i was fighting like you know siths doing one-on-one -on -one fights with with the order or fighting like monsters right you know what's it's so cool if you get video game amnesia at the beginning of part two oh, oh i forgot all my cool skills that always fucking happens though yeah. it's just that would suck. fucking stupid don't shit. do that don't do that batman didn't do that you, you tell me a jedi is not better than batman i don't think the last of us quite did it last of us part two there were some things that kind of carried over automatically. Yeah, they changed some mechanics mm -hmm. for Last of Us Part Two. But yeah, we will see. Do you think we're gonna hit like an oversaturation point of Star Wars stuff again though? Like, because I feel like with the shows right yeah. now, we're getting so much. Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we will. I think the movies are gonna go on a break for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because what's the next movie that's supposed to come out? Is that supposed to be Taika Waititi's movie? What is that? Did you not know he's making a Star Wars? Oh. It's not a part of a trilogy. It's a standalone something. It's supposed to take place in the very old Republic. Cool. Like, it's a, it's before the prequels, even. So, we'll see what that is. Yeah, I mean, he he proved that he could do a spacefaring adventure with Thor Ragnarok, right? And I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, Love and Thunder is, the, yeah. the, the Thor 4 sequel. Thor oh, 4. Isn't that this year? That's insane to think, yeah. Damn. So crazy. Oh, okay. Well, good shit. More Star Wars. I got you know. I wanna I wanna replay uh, Jedi Fallen Order because they did the PS5 edition. I played mm -hmm. a little bit of it. Uh, I want to finally. You got the platinum, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go after the platinum. I don't. I think I was bucked off the platinum because the level design was so bad, and I didn't. I like I just was struggling because like there's only you can only use like one way to get through parts of the levels, yep. which is really fucking annoying. It wasn't like free enough. No. Or, there wasn't enough. And the agency. levels are big too. Yeah, Jesus Like, Christ. they really do make you walk a lot of them. And, Maybe yeah, it's, it's kind of an annoying Platinum. Uh, there's, like, some combat sort of things you have to do. And then collectibles, obviously. Um, I think and, all I had left was the collectibles. 
And there was one where you have to plant and grow 10 species of, like, flowers, I think? That was the other one. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to go through the game while that's, like, actively happening. Because yeah. it's, like, using some in-game timer for that. That's annoying. Yep. Don't do that shit. That sucks. Come on, Vince. Vince I think that was my last trophy before I platinum the game. Vince, you're better than that. Vince, <laughs> come on. Better, better than that. But, yeah. Respawn. Great studio. Love what they're doing. Can't wait to see them come into their own with, with more Star Wars games. Well, let, let's let's have a, a convening of the minds here. Oh, yeah. Right? Let's have a convening of the minds. minds. Talk it. about video games. Both of us got into a children's game. <laughs> the Peppa the Pig game? The Peppa the Pig game. The, the Baby Shark Switch title. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're playing Pokemon mm-hmm. Legends Arceus. That's so goofy. That's a weird name. It's a weird name. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to start with... It's good. Yeah. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's great. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not like that big of a Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. Like the collectathon aspect, thinking the monsters are cute. These are two things that don't mm-hmm. happen in my in my brain. I I am a, a fan of the games from uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I tried to play a few of the new ones. Like I played Sword mm-hmm. on the uh, Switch. It was good. The last Pokemon game that I went really ham on was X. I fucking beat the shit out of yeah. that game. X but and I, I was great. I realized why. Because I was traveling, had my 3DS, Mm -hmm. and when I was on plane rides, I mean, I had nowhere else to go but make my Pokemon strong. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's probably why I stuck to that title. Now that I have choice as an adult, I put down the game pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a chill game to play, like, maybe, like, 30 minutes before I go to bed. But, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not, like, going crazy on it. But, um... My overall comment about, about, about the Legends is that we probably should have gotten this game, like, Five, five years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Maybe six, seven years ago, actually. Um, I, I think the Pokemon company has been just too hesitant to change their formula. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I think fans have been wanting out of the formula. Or at least a step in the direction of what they want out of the formula. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this integrated into the mainline titles in some way. The fact that it's a little more open. The fact that you're seeing Pokemon on the field and stuff. Um, maybe some of the core gameplay loops of like researching and stuff. Which I think is cool. These are all cool things. Mm-hmm. It's a neat game. Yeah. Um, it's still, you know, easy as shit. Yeah, very simplistic. Simplistic. Um, has the dumbest writing ever. Every Everyone is, is... Like, and not even like bad writing. It's just like fucking just watered down, dumb. This is obviously for... To help a kid learn how to read, <laughs> like kind of writing. Yeah, and it's a lot of lines of dialogue too that yeah. you're just like kind of pressing X to get, just get through as fast as you can. Yeah, everyone has something to say to you. I think the hardest part of the game is getting through like the first two ish hours of tutorials that occur. Like I almost wanted to just drop the game because mm-hmm. it this fucking game tried to explain to me what the difference between a potion and a super potion was. Jesus Christ. I was like, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, there might be a five-year-old that plays this. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, that's what the, that's what it's for. Yeah, that's the same trapping that, like, Zelda games have, too, where it's like, yeah. yep, Zelda's been around for 35 years. We know what rupees are. We know, like, all the stuff. We know what key items are, but yet you still have to explain it with a fucking item description box. It's, it's definitely a series that just refuses to grow with its audience yeah. because it refuses to acknowledge that it, that audience even exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because, like, every new Pokemon game is a new onboarding point. It's not, yeah. oh, hey, we know you know this. No, they'll never do that. They'll never do that. But, you know, it is interesting to see things uh, shaking up the formula a little bit right it, it's kind of fun sneaking out in the open is kind of fun i think um the idea of like 
constantly capturing the same Pokemon to fill out your Pokedex is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like research points. Yeah, the research points. And then going back to your pastures and bulk releasing your Pokemon. Because mm-hmm. you, after like you fill your pasture up to like five, mm-hmm. um, you can bulk release them and get this like this, um, uh, what is it called? Grit. It's called grit that you can use to upgrade your your team's base level like mm-hmm. stats like attack and defense and stuff i was like oh cool there's mm-hmm. an actual like loop here that is kind of fun and not mm-hmm. really present in some of the mainline games yeah so yeah it, it's cool it's still a kids game you know <laughs> you're i'm not gonna stick with it too hard like but uh i think it's um it's gonna be a nice little surprise for for pokemon fans it's obviously doing well you know how are you liking it? What's what's the I, Daniel journey? In this I think it's game? good. I like it a lot. I'm very charmed by it. I think the story is really stupid. It's I stupid. Yeah, the fucking idea that I fell from the sky, uh, that I'm from the future, and this, I was this I, shit bothers me so much. I was bored from a fucking Pokemon and then thrown onto a beach and the fucking old ages why did they do it this way <laughs> now why can't i just be a part of the ancient times yeah. like i'm trying to fill out the first pokedex why do i have to be the future man right and, and maybe that story beats beat pays off in the end i'm not sure i'm still like early on i'm only like five hours into it it's like you're you're your own grandpa situation so we love and accept pokemon in the future only because somebody who loves and accepts pokemon goes into the past and tells people hey no actually don't be afraid of these lightning monsters you it, should hang out with them i mean that is put them of, in this ball that is kind of the big thing that like everybody you come across is afraid of pokemon and they need you to research them to kind of help them get over that and acclimate to the idea of like people coexisting with pokemon the thing is like it's such a distraction to the story that people are like yeah you fell from the sky and you apparently have some sort of cell phone technology i'm not going to question it yeah is that a t-shirt you're wearing why are you wearing a t-shirt and the thing is like they're already (laughs) inventing their own technology it's like oh yeah they introduce you to the pokeball yeah why am i not the one going like oh no 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 no. you guys don't need to be afraid i know how to capture them Mm -hmm. and then some people are like it's kind of weird that you capture them shouldn't they be like with like with you like side by side and i'm like that's a good fucking point why do we capture them and then like the more you capture them, people are like oh i see they somehow don't hate you even though you're putting them in a ball yeah <laughs> and then they just kind of like roll with it i don't i don't understand yeah it's it's a silly starting premise but like once you get past that and you kind of get into like what the loop of the game is it is very satisfying it is calming it is a nice game to just kind of like you know, come off of a stressful day or work week and just be like, I'm going to unwind with this, right? Because it is just very peaceful to just kind of like set out on these expeditions, uh, kind of like Monster Hunter style, right? Where you are given the task of doing like research missions and side quests for people. And then you have main quests as well, where the core thing is just, okay, cool. Go out, catch Pokemon, fill out your Pokedex, like you said. Or or fucking beat them up. Yeah. Make your Pokemon stronger. And and going out into like the open plains of that region. I forget what region it is. Sinnoh? Yeah, the Sinnoh region. Well, it's called uh, Hiswe? Oh yeah, Hiswe. Hiswa? Hiswa? Going out into Hiswa is pretty cool. And like, it, it does the Breath of the Wild thing where it's like, it plays with like really open, airy instrumentations, like little piano licks happen, like just <laughs> yeah. like cool little fun, like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. instrumental things that are happening that kind of like, I don't know, they're playful, right? And it kind of plays with like the playfulness of the game too, in ways. Um, I don't know if you got as far as unlocking the Pokemon you can ride. No, I haven't got that far. It's really cool. So there's two different ones that you can ride, I mm-hmm. probably more. And like one of them is like just like this antler creature from mm-hmm. hell, from the movie Antlers. I've seen that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you ride it across the plane, so you can just like race across. And then there's another one that can like dig up treasure mm. that you ride, like a big old bear. You get on his back. I don't know their name. I think it's called an Ursulana. 
That sounds about right. Ursula. You ride it bareback? You ride it bareback. Balls. Pokeballs right on its fur. God damn it. This is a kid's game. <laughs> it, for who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to get to that point. I see that there. you get to ride a, a Lapras uh, over the ocean, which is pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. That was in one of the uh, the trailers for it. Oh, I don't watch trailers. But I don't know. It's cool, like getting your your poker crew like in every game right where it's like you get your starter and then you're like okay cool i'm gonna collect and build out like my who's arsenal. your starter Cyndaquil. yeah there was Good no choice. other option Me too. the other ones look like nerds yeah there are nerds yeah fucking... people what's that mr howlett howlett and then i don't Whatever. remember the other one i'll kick a fucking howlett <laughs> i would kick out i'll research <laughs> out, but then i'll kick it i'll kick him but i like it i think they're it, it's it's very accessible um the the idea that like you can craft resources too like the fact that like i you know i have as many Pokemon balls as I have in my inventory, but then if I run out, I can get resources. I like the to crafting because craft, like, really you can like you just get shit out of the open wild and go back yeah. and, and craft it. It's pretty cool. The fact that I can throw my Pokeballs at trees to catch resources as well. Well, okay. no, you're throwing the, your Pokemon. Yeah, there, there's a difference, right? Like you you have two you options. You could throw open Pokeballs to catch Pokemon, but then if you throw a Pokeball with a Pokemon in it at like you know, a tree or a rock, it'll break off the resources, yeah. get, give uh, experience points to your, your crew as well, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and then getting into, like, Pokemon battles in the wild is pretty cool. The fact that it's not that, like, sort of, like, old-style, like, fixed perspective and the fact that you can kind of free roam in the combat Yeah, kind of walk cool around too. your Pokemon. You can stand between them and get hit by your own moves, which is <laughs> yeah. really funny to me. The, the fact <laughs> that, like, it, there is such a dynamism to, like, just exploring the world in the combat. Like, granted, it's still super simple, but it's... It's a Daniel it's, word, by the more way. More than we've ever got dynamism 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 they call me dynamo dan dynamo dan yeah it's it's more than we've ever gotten and like you know the pokemon games have played it safe for like fucking 24 years at this point right they're all kind of just like slight modifications of the one that came before it it's always the same shit and they're really boring right yeah they get pretty boring yeah and that's why like i'm I'm hard-pressed to say there's ever been a great pokemon other than like the the starter ones, right? Because like that's what kicked sure. it all off. Like, oh, this is is great. Was it great, or is your nostalgia for it is what is? Or was the first it? one that you grew up with? Exactly, right? Yeah. Like, I I have fond memories of of playing X and Y because that was the first one that I really got hard into. Yeah, because I didn't have Game Boys growing up, um, and I thought that was a, a really fun game, but I never finished it. This one though is this feels like a Pokemon that I will finish, right? Because I think it's it's super engaging. I love the world that they've they've created and. Uh, there's something just really calming about it right to just kind of settle into that world and you know even if i'm coming across alpha level pokemon that are like 30 levels above me and i'm running for my life it's still really cool yeah i love i love being able to like um uh, grind out on the alphas like kind of do the risk versus reward like they might fucking own your ass but like if you beat them or capture them Mm -hmm. you get a lot of points i love that you get points for your whole crew Mm -hmm. by just simply capturing pokemon so it just kind of like encourages you to do everything rather than just like leaning on one type of gameplay loop right Mm -hmm. it's like no fight them capture them you're either filling out your pokedex or you're getting experience you're doing Mm. something you're progressing like every time you play which is a nice feeling yeah right you don't feel like you're wasting your time i think it worked in the older games where like if you had your pokemon out and you were fighting with that one specifically like say i had a charmander that i battle with that was the only thing that got experience correct they changed that over time yeah i think it might have been x and y that changed it where like your whole party gets experience one one of the early ones it might have been x and y but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. which i like which it's, yeah it's, it's such a benefit because it's like oh fuck yeah dude I, I even if i don't use one to fight yeah they are you know leveling up and if you're gonna make me grind as much as you're gonna make me grind reward me for every little thing and that that's yeah. that's awesome 
Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I hear there's boss fights, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the boss fights are interesting because what you uh, I did a couple of them. Basically, they're enraged giant Pokemon, mm-hmm. and it is like the baby version of Dark Souls is what you have to do because mm-hmm. you can't immediately throw your Pokemon to fight them. Mm-hmm. You actually have to weaken it by like throwing food or rocks at it essentially oh, okay. and you have to like uh do the dodge roll but time it so they don't just like steamroll you yeah because you and can they quote unquote like die yeah and then when they when their back is turned and they hit the wall you throw your pokemon to do get a few moves out mm-hmm. and then like do the cycle over again and yeah. i was like oh that's actually intriguing there's a whole like kind of orchestration to this that's yeah. more than just like make sure you got your fucking primo pokemon and slap this guy around no yeah. it's cool it's 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 a fun game like mm-hmm. i can't i can't knock it it's a fun game it's just that like you know it's pretty simplistic pretty easy yeah. and therefore it's not gonna like hold me as much as like you know mm-hmm. one of these other games yeah like if <laughs> you Elden ring <laughs> yeah if you were gonna play like pokemon which is like an open world game that we've been craving for so long from the franchise or dying light 2 i think you'd probably play with dying light 2 because it's like that is more engaging for you on a mechanical level and it's what you like out of games and um, yet the writing is better in pokemon <laughs> I the thing is like when I when I sit down to play Pokemon I'm not even really playing it because I care about the writing or the story I don't give a shit about the story and I think there's some fun like character interactions here and there but I'm really just playing for like the experience of it and just building out my decks and, and seeing the world that they've they've crafted and I think there's some interesting unrolling of like ecosystems as you go to different areas and I don't know it's, there's a swamp there is a swamp oh I love swamps and video games I love that so much mm-hmm. you do. I, I just, I want to see them build on this framework because like, obviously they're going to probably keep hemming to the idea of like, we're going to keep doing the mainline titles where we double milk you by doing like a, this and that version of a game, right? Like <laughs> sometimes you got to get paid. Yeah. yeah this, we have to pay somebody this, to double Pokemon, milk Pokemon dick and Pokemon ass. Like, Oof. yeah, we got, we got the two, you know, but I want to see them just keep going in this direction and build deeper mechanical systems, mm-hmm. more interesting gameplay loops, um, and, and just keep running with this. Because I, I think this is going to be a, a large uh, success for that, the Pokemon company. To the discredit, though, I think they need to step up the style of these games because this game is butt-ass ugly. It's, yeah. it's a very ugly game. It runs mm-hmm. decently, at least. You could have a cartoony game for sure, but I think they need to maybe lean into maybe doing some something more stylistic with that animation style because mm-hmm. it, it's ugly. There's nothing to it, and it hasn't aged. A lot well. of muted colors in this game too, yeah. like in, especially in comparison to Sword, which was pretty vibrant. This one feels a little like downtrodden for it, yeah. it being out in green open fields. Yeah, there, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a very like um, strong visual identity for this Pokemon game, mm-hmm. which is kind of hurting it a little bit right like i don't mind it so much like it's fine it's still fun but yeah you're right about that it's like "Mm." and i don't know if it's just because it's like that because this isn't like nintendo developed that's always the thing we have to kind of like keep like in our mind right that this is developed pokemon company by pokemon published by nintendo and i i would love to see maybe a more proper nintendo developed one where it's like yeah let's let's get some like really good assets and dev work going into it because it's like Pokemon Company just plays it so safe. They're like, all right, we got to get another one of these out to fucking feed those Pokemon hungry idiots. Yeah, it, you know? it's it's so funny that this is like the riskiest quote unquote Pokemon. Like it shouldn't like, be though, and it's not. It's like yeah, you just you, you did a few things that you probably should have done like five games ago. Like it's not even that different of a formula. You're still no. doing the same fucking it's thing. Same it's formula. just an open world game. Whereas like you look at Breath of the Wild in comparison to the the Zelda games that came before, and that was a drastic departure. Sure, right? So. 
I I don't know, guys. Like you you could stand to maybe take some chances here, put some more love into the series, and like build like a cool framework going forward for like what could be a whole Legends franchise. Yeah, right and let me kill and cook the Pokemon. You want to cook them? You want to get? Yeah, in let me kill them? and cook the Pokemon. Okay. I figure if like why do you want to eat the Pokemon so badly? I want to be imbued with their strength. Vor has come back in 2022. It's not Vor if they're bigger than me. I don't know if that's right. It's just eating a bigger Pokemon. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I no, rec- Vor is I want to be eaten by a large thing. Oh, you're right. Right. You're I just right. want to kill and eat these Pokemon because okay. I'm hungry. I'm actually hungry now. You're hungry now? Yeah, I'm a little bit hungry. So, I mean, I would recommend this game for fans of the franchise and, and I do too. I think this like is uh, it's, it's just a, a cool onboarding point for people who maybe have been on the fence about like, yeah, would I like a Pokemon game? Yeah, th- this game is it's cool. It's it's not like amazing by any means, no. and it, it does feel like the Pokemon game kind of uh, arriving late to the party of the uh, open world formula. But there's some cool stuff here, and I, I can't wait to see what they do with this going forward. If yeah, if they do, yeah, you can't wait until you're like. 38, picking up some more Pokemon games. Is that our life? Is that what we do? Mm-hmm. And I can't even kill and eat the Pokemon. You can't even kill and eat them, you know? <laughs> Talk to me yep. real quick about Dying Light to Stay Human. Dying Light to Stay Human, a Techland uh, developed and I think published game. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting thing to, to learn, that this isn't like a true AAA game and that they don't have like a big-ass publisher mm. uh, funding them. It's kind of a big independent game. Um, if you can look past the bugs and if you can look past, actually, I'm not going to look past it. We're going to talk about it right now. I think this is a very fun game. Its mechanics are great. And I think it, it ups the, the, uh, the fun factor from the first game, as far as the parkour and the melee action goes, it is fun fighting both humans, which you have like a, some parrying and jumping mechanics and you're kicking them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there's a cool ebb and flow to it right? Like you keep on unlocking really neat moves. Like for instance, um, I unlock something where if you parry at the right time, the whole world goes into slow motion. So you can just like fucking either do a counter attack or move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. Or you can press the jump button to do a vault over a dude in order to jump kick the next guy straight mm-hmm. in the fucking jaw. Pretty cool. And you unlock like weird combo chains like this. I, I have a grapple move where I use uh, a charging enemy's weight against them by just quickly pressing square and just throw their ass to the side. And you can end up throwing them into like a spike trap. And so they go head first into a spike trap. And you're like, neat. That's that's one of the stronger points about the game that I've heard so far. That like gameplay is king with it. And once you start going through the unlock levels and getting like more abilities and unlocks, it becomes like this power fantasy. It's crazy because like part one was kind of like this where like I I had to tell people like, yeah, it looks like a rote zombie game that's not too different than Dead Dead Island Mm -hmm. until you get to level 15 Mm -hmm. with your character. Then you are the fucking dropkick god. It's amazing. You're kicking zombies off of rooftops. You're doing crazy moves like, you know, zip lining and stuff. This game's no different. Mm -hmm. This game feels great doing the parkour. Jumping from buildings, kind of like finding the right lines to Mm -hmm. keep momentum and stuff. It feels amazing. The writing is some of the worst I've seen in a big budget game in a long time. (laughs) The writing feels like it was written like in French first and then translated to English. And that's why there's like some sort of like weird breakdown because it is bland it is strange it's tonally inconsistent it is overdrawn 
every NPC I talk to has like a fucking million things to tell me, and they're all annoying and all poorly written. It, it is horrible. I do not understand how the writing is this bad. And from what I understand, the story overall leads to a very terrible place. Yes. Like it, like it almost just ends and that's it. <laughs> like it sucks. So it's Whereas really like, difficult. I think I haven't played Dying Light 1, but thinking about like Teclan's other games, thinking about fucking... Uh, Dead Island? Dead Island. Like, at least it had a finale to it. <laughs> yeah, at least it had something, right? Yeah, the, yeah the, the, this game, it, it's been a little rough, because it's like, yeah, I almost, I'm almost, like, um, wincing at the fact that I have to, like, you know, go turn in a quest and hear somebody else just babble bullshit at me again. Ooh, that's rough, because, like, knowing that Rosario Dawson's in the game, like, I'm Somewhere. hoping that there <laughs> is some good writing and story beats that kind of, like, elevates her and really justifies her even needing to be in the game. There, There is definitely some, like, binary choices with the story you can make that actually, like, changes what happens, like, who dies, who lives kind yeah. of stuff. And some of that's more interesting, but, like, legit, dude, I, I can't take how bad the writing is sometimes. Like, <laughs> it makes me mad. Give me a sampling. Oh, I walk up to a woman... And she says, in case you're wondering, yeah, I am single, but you're not going to get any of this. And then your character responds, well, even if I was looking for any of this, which I'm not, you couldn't convince me to be with you because I don't want to be. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And at the end of the day, she goes, all right, what you want? It's so so like bad CW writing. Yeah, like everything's like. So here's the thing: when it comes to writing, there's a way to evoke a sense of character without a character explaining who they are. Sure. In this game, every character explains exactly who they are, why they are, and what their motivation is within the instant of you meeting them. (laughs) And it's the most annoying shit on earth. It is so bad. And it's like, it almost feels like the game wanted to be a fallout where like you have multiple choice yeah. to just like talk to people and be like, hey, what about this? What are these guys? What are you doing? But instead you only get usually like one or two options to talk to them. And it's just an info dump. You're mm. standing there listening to this bad VO explain these God. bad lines to you. And all you want to do is go drop kick a zombie or just drop into spikes yourself after you're done talking to them. It's so fucking bad. I, I, I cannot believe it. And I can't believe how much I enjoy this game, despite how egregious this writing is. Like, the game's so fucking fun. The gameplay's so fucking good. They just, like, if it had a good story, this would be game of the year goddamn contender. Have you ever seen quite a dichotomy in a game before where it's like gameplay is so amazing, but everything else about it kind of sucks? It's tough. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a while. I think there was, back in the 360 PS3 era, that was a lot of games, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of games did that shit. Nowadays, uh, people seem to have a proofreader. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how, how does it build off of, like, what Dying Light 1 did mechanically, right? Because obviously Dying Light Parkour 1... Parkour melee. It, it makes just those things um, streamlined, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a verticality to the game where you're, like... Again, so, like, the big thing about Dying Light is zombie outbreak. Now we're 15 years later. Zombie apocalypse. Okay. There's a day and night cycle that's super important to the game. Mm-hmm. By day... Zombies are kind of uh, docile. They're not much of a threat, but if you get, you know, overwhelmed, they can hurt you. Sure. But uh, at night, they are very violent, mm-hmm. and then there's special infected that show up too. You got okay. howlers. If they see you, they scream, and then all these zombies start chasing you, and you have to go, like, you have to run away to a UV zone, a UV light, mm-hmm. in order to stop the chase. 
There's also giant zombies out there that fucking are just like big old, big old lug heads that are using like cement bricks to fucking attack you and stuff. It's way harder at night. But the difference at night is the zombies clear out of zones that they normally hibernate in that you can go in and loot some really good shit. Okay. So there is like a risk versus reward for that sort of thing. Yeah. You have to end up getting, uh, there's like this, uh, these GRE syringes that unlock more of your skill trees. Okay. They don't naturally unlock like a Far Cry game. You have to get these things first in order to get the nodes in order to use them. Huh. Mm-hmm. That could be cool but frustrating, I think. It's a little frustrating because a lot of the times you'll run into these zones where you're like, oh shit, there's a GRE uh, injector in there. I can't... Um, it's daytime though, <laughs> you know? So you have to either like go sleep real quick mm-hmm. and then go back or just keep on pushing the open world until you can go back to it. So it gets a little annoying it's, in that you can't just like do it. Is there a good visual language for where these like GREs are? Yeah, the, are it, it marks it on the map okay. for you. It marks it on the map and tells you like, hey, and it even tells you when events can either be taken place at day or night mm-hmm. or what are, there's some like things like, let's say there's um like convenience stores. They mm-hmm. call them for, forsaken stores, by the way. Okay. Where if you go in day, daytime, you'll have to fight all the zombies in there, but you can get certain goods. But at mm-hmm. nighttime, there's also a percentage like like rng for better drops essentially and the drops include um your weapons which all have like kind of the um how would you say destiny kind of color coding yeah this is legendary this is level one this is level three and some of the weapons you get are fucking amazing Mm -hmm. like and then you can even have slots on the weapons where you can put in like some sort of elemental thing to it like this is on fire this is electric this is that cool but um all weapons break so don't get uh (laughs) yeah don't fall in love with them yeah it's not as bad as breath of the wild where it's like three shots and it's broken yeah but it's like it it's something to manage throughout Mm -hmm. the game where you're like yeah my shit's gonna break can you repair them because that was the thing about dead island where it had a similar degradation break system and you could i don't think you could repair them in this game i haven't found a way to do it yet it's not clearly marked on any of the craft stations or anything to do it okay so i don't think you can so things all break Wow. But you get so many weapons, like, it doesn't really matter. Sure. Most of the loot chests that you're breaking into with using the fucking Bethesda-style lockpicking, by the way, <laughs> it's the same exact thing, um, give you good weapons, and then you can buy from the shopkeeps, honestly, the best weapons, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's usually the other way, where it's like, oh, I have to go out into the world and scavenge for the best weapons, sure. the hidden weapons, whereas the shopkeeps have, like, the basic big yeah. shit. No, 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 they have the good stuff. Hmm. You just have to pay money. Interesting. <laughs> And then there's also cool concepts like upgrading your um, your like normal like you stuff. Like for instance, you craft a bunch of like uh, healing items and boosters, and you're constantly infected at night. By the way, you are infected. By the mm. way, and when it's nighttime, you become closer and closer to becoming a zombie, and you'll even see like a little wheel yeah. that starts to tick down. And the more that you're in the dark, the closer you get to that. So you have like a ticking time bomb on you, mm. kind of like Dead Island or sorry, Dead Rising ish. Okay. <clears throat> but um if you jump into a uv zone like uh the uv lights mm-hmm. like you're cured again okay and then like that kind of gives you your respite to go back into the world all right so you can craft boosters but if you go in hunt at nighttime if you hunt zombies at night you get zombie trophies it's it's like the very like a currency that most in, special infected have, mm-hmm. and if you turn that into shopkeeps, they can upgrade your usage. Okay. So your healing, uh, you either can craft more in one go, or you can it heals you for more, or you can do the same for your boosters, and even simple things like lock picks. It's like oh yeah, by the way, you can actually force a lock if it's an easy lock mm-hmm. if you upgrade it rather than having to go through the mini game. So it's like these really interesting loops of like. 
you should hunt at night because it benefits you so much. So I find myself just killing hordes at night in order to make my whole body better. (laughs) You've explained a lot of like overlapping (laughs) systems and things that the game does. Does it cleanly lay it out there for you or is it stuff you have to just kind of learn? It's a learning curve. It teaches you, but it teaches you one by one. It takes time to learn, but um, it's a lot of stuff that's familiar to part one. It's just that the one goofy caveat is the injector system Mm -hmm. because it's like, you are constantly earning either experience towards your combat or your stamina slash agility, your parkour. So either fighting or running. (laughs) And uh, that's how you unlock the actual different skills. Mm -hmm. But again, you need an injector to even have those nodes show up. So they won't show up unless you have at least three injectors in your body. So there are two systems to be mindful of there, right? Because you still do earn experience from killing and doing like thing, probably like in game. Yeah, but you won't be able to use tasks. it unless you have okay. the nodes unlocked through injectors. Okay, it's weird. It's a weird leveling system, yeah. right? But it actually like it forces you to do the thing it wants you to do. Okay, which is go fucking hunt in the dark zones, mm-hmm. which are the zones that are filled with horrible infected. Yeah. You can't even reach in the daytime. And then there's other shit where there would be like a there would be like one special infected like in the middle of like a lot and they're they're called um fuck what are they called like regenerators or something like that but what they do they're kind of like necromancers mm-hmm. where um yeah I know you don't know you didn't play the game you don't have to make a face <laughs> I saw your face <laughs> you can tell me anything <laughs> but they they're like necromancers where they'll keep on like resuscitating waves of zombies okay. And they're like this horrible special where I fought this one guy that looked like a gangle beast. And he had all these fucking like almost like the the iron spider like legs mm-hmm. on his back. And like you, he's just jumping around the arena and mm. you have to fucking like go after him while there's zombies like dragging you down and shit. It's fucking wild. Mm. Gameplay is amazing in this game. Horrible story. <laughs> That's literally everything I've heard about it. Gameplay is great. Could be a game of the year contender if the writing was better, is what people are saying. Writing's not good. The main character's so fucking annoying, so white bread, so shitty. Oh my god. His reactions to the world are so dumb. (laughs) So dumb. Every reaction is like the exact wrong reaction to what somebody says. Mm. Like somebody says something like pretty like normal, he'll have an aggressive response to it for some reason. That's kind of up there with like how over the top and exaggerative like ethan mars's reactions yeah all right <laughs> fucking yeah. resident evil yeah what like the i fuck oh like i said God. that's why i think this was like the french writers with a yeah. french script and just somehow translated to english or something right where is Teclan? i need to figure out where they are <laughs> i thought they were swedish are they swedish makes I a lot of sense thought yeah <laughs> i don't i mean i only played a few hours of the first game i don't really remember the writing being anything to stand out um there were some cool character interactions and like side quests you'd gone on, but like Poland. Oh, Poland. Okay. Right next to CDPR. Very nice. Should borrow some of their writers. <laughs> so I've been kind of like cold on wanting to play this game because mm-hmm. it's like the first one. Everybody raved about it. I was just like, yeah, it's fun, but like I don't really feel the need to stick with it. Um, it's very but good. but everything I've heard from this one kind of feels like it could sing to me and be something that I'd, I'd want to at least get my hands on. It's just tough right now where it's like. We're faced with three back-to-back open-world games, and it's like, what is the one I want to play the most without shelving the other two? Oh, yeah. So. It's going to lose that war. I think Dying Light's going to lose the war against Horizon and Elden Ring. Elden mm-hmm. Ring's going to win. Elden Ring's going to beat all the rest of these games. Yeah. But I like it. I still like Dying Light. I figured you would. It's still good. And I, I'm glad that you're having a lot of fun with it. And, fun. I'm going to uh, play more tonight. Yeah? I'm not going to stop. I'm going to play more. 
and get strong fast virile <laughs> strong fast and virile a fuck machine <laughs> the, the rooftop fuck machine <laughs> um cool monster designs and, and zombie designs yeah the zombie awesome. designs are really cool like yeah. they they look like the kind of zombie that i would want to see very decrepit they're mm-hmm. like turning into skeletons almost oh nice that kind of shit very cool stuff yeah Gore, gory game too slow the slow motion headshots and stuff beautiful they have like this whole this fucking like um water water spout of blood like coming out of nice. enemies and stuff sometimes it's goofy when you're fighting humans and there's just like a stream of blood coming out of their forehead for no reason <laughs> but uh otherwise yeah. yeah it's great i guess that is kind of the thing right because there is such a like a atmosphere of like warring factions right in mm-hmm. the game so it's like you, yeah there, you, there's probably a balance of you fighting zombies and then humans and then both at the same time it's just so stupid though that it's like oh here's your two factions here's some fucking fascists Mm -hmm. and here's some survivors that are just gardeners there's like no real choice there (laughs) like Like, it's such a stupid default you're like i guess i'll go with the gardeners because they feel like the lesser of the two evils and they don't introduce any characters that are likable on the peacekeeper side either Mm -hmm. there's like one guy who's like immediately interrogating you and then asks for a favor and you're like supposed to feel sympathy for him like it's so stupid it's just like dude when you have factions make me feel torn between them Mm -hmm. make me look at them and say they both have like good like philosophies they both are in the right for their own perspective in this game it's like the the peacekeepers are literally killing the shit out of these gardening parkour people right like they just murder them like fascist cop pigs okay like who do you want me to side with are you serious it's so stupid the only benefit is like oh if you if you give territory to the to the peacekeepers they'll put traps all over the city that makes it easier to fight the zombies whereas the the gardeners the survivors will just put like um they'll make it easier to parkour okay and i'm just like okay sounds like the gardeners are really cool man yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what do you want from yeah. me they're just trying to help me traverse this crazy flooded world yeah dude what the fuck yeah <laughs> but whatever so that's again that's where the writing is just so fucking weak dude mm. god damn god well at least the gameplay is fun that's all that matters the gameplay right? is fun? yeah it's it's a travesty because like i think of a game like days gone Right, where you had these different encampments and factions where it's like, it's really a survival story of, of living in the world, like the Walking Dead of it all, right? Where it's like, it's telling people stories in this post-apocalyptic feel. And like, when you come across each encampment, like there's, you get the sense of their story and what they're fighting for. And you're like, oh, I kind of want to do quest for this camp versus this. And then you end up kind of doing it for all five <laughs> in the end. Yeah. Um, so it sucks that you have, that there's really only two and there really doesn't feel any... <laughs> compelling pull to one or the other do yeah. you love evil cops <laughs> <laughs> or, or these poor little gardeners that sell you cool do weapons? you want soy boys or fascist pigs yeah like what's going on here man mm-hmm. yeah so they can really shore up on their writing but there's no fixing that dude damage is done there's no patching they're fucking writing yeah. in this game <laughs> would you say it's a, a must buy for like a kind of release weekend or <sighs> wait for a sale yeah you uh, can wait for a sale okay you can wait for a sale and especially since it's so buggy right now Mm. like the ps5 version has a flickering issue where the screen just flickers black oh that's not good no no it's not (laughs) there's a lot of embarrassing things in here okay yeah yeah yeah. so i i would i would wait for it like out of all the games coming out this fucking month dude Mm. you know where to go yeah you know what to do you got a horizon for that high polish quality gameplay and narrative storytelling from sony and then if you want that like challenging open world like adventure game 
yeah, Elden Ring. Baby. You know what to do. You yeah, I, I it's it's tough, right? Because like we often have this problem with Bethesda games, right? Whether it's Skyrim or Fallout, right? There's such a massive architecture of a game between side quests and decision stuff that some bugs probably just go unnoticed, right? Because there's just <laughs> so much going on in the game. When you tell me that this game has potential to be 500 hours long, yeah, of course there's going to be like kind of things that crop up along the way. But like, there's some things that maybe should have been cleaned up like a flickering screen issue just a little bit (laughs) just a little bit there's an animation where sometimes when you behead a human Mm -hmm. they'll like drop to the floor and like act like their neck was cut like as if like they're trying to stop the blood so they're doing this long drawn out animation while being fucking headless and it's horrific It's the weirdest thing. And it's like, oh, I know that's the wrong animation for this kill. Yeah. Because, like, they're acting. And, like, you hear gurgling sounds like they're choking. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, your head's on the ground. I wonder what that's supposed to be for. Like, are you supposed to be, like, choking them to death? Like, no. Like, they're holding in the blood from their own throat. Oh, I feel like just... But they don't need to because there's there's no head. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And zombies, oh, yeah. You kick a zombie and they might turn into, like, (laughs) Z-shapes when they're flying across the room. What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I love it. (laughs) Well, I'll play it eventually. It's anarchy. I think you have a second copy coming. I do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to buy off these. Co-op. We've got to play the co-op. Get crazy into it. you got to get strong, though. (laughs) got to get strong. (laughs) You and this got to get strong campaign. (laughs) Get strong. (laughs) Save room sets. Get strong. Stay Stay human. human. (laughs) Well, I think we can land this episode, my friend. Ah, well, we thank you for your ears throughout the years. Have a few beers. Avail your fears. Okay, well, you can find us on Twitter at, <laughs> at Save Room Show. Of course, on we're on SoundCloud.com slash Save Room Show. Yeah. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the rest of them. Thank you so much for listening to us, as always. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sign-off for them? <sighs> yeah, I do. Don't get into NFT schemes. Don't be a grifter. Don't be the geek. I was born for this. <laughs> okay. Bye. It's a Nightmare Alley reference if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Just make a game where you just geek out and eat chicken heads. I wouldn't be mad about the idea of like a Guillermo del Toro gamey situation. Man, I wonder. Yeah, I know. I wonder if we can get Guillermo in gaming. Hmm. What if we can get? Here's an idea, right? Hear me out, gamers. What's up, gamers? Guillermo del Toro yeah. in one corner. Norman Reedus in another. Norman Reedus, and that's a big name. Who else? Hideo Kojima seems like an easy pull. Yeah, you think so? But I'm thinking I'm thinking bigger than that. Bigger than Hideo Kojima? Yeah. Who? No, he's not bigger. But get Neil Druckmann in there. Let, let's Neil Druckmann? <laughs> oh, okay, that's different. <laughs> I know. All right, he seems busy. I can't really think of another creator that would like, match creator? that if yeah. You know, you don't want Ken Levine in there? You don't want him to yell at the two of them? Oh, no, I don't want that. She's going to yell at them <laughs> and, and fucking reiterate the same bullshit for 19 years until it comes out. Yeah, I mean, we get as much delay with that as we would a normal Silent Hill game. So, you know, it's about the same. Well, you know what they say. Mm-hmm. A delayed game's eventually good, but a rush game is Ken Levine. I don't know. <laughs> no, what, what did you say earlier? A rush game? A rush game, a rush game won't bring your ex back. <laughs> that was that. So sad. It's a terrible send-off. It is a terrible send-off. It's terrible. Let me do a better send-off. Guys, thank you for listening, like Kevin said. I love you all. That's all I got. Tony Collette, what are you doing? Tony Collette, stop touching my penis.